Hello and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I am Brian. And we are thrilled to be back because if yeah, you heard are. our last episode, we were just like, guys, we're just doing this episode so we can move on and talk about the second half of season three. Yeah. So <laughs> here we That's, are. And we are really excited. But we actually have some cool, um, like, life events to talk about not life events but you know we've actually been doing stuff lately yeah for a change um, <laughs> brian what have you been up to um i just got back from colorado um it was my first time going there and it was cold being how uh, cold was it well when i left it was 14 degrees which Holy is very cold that's yes, colder I, uh, than it is here <laughs> yeah well i mean it's cold <laughs> and I I mean, I'm from North Carolina, and I moved to Florida when I was six, so my blood has thinned out quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, was, it was moments like this weekend where I realized when I tell people I'm from North Carolina, but I'm freezing to death, uh, I'm a little ashamed, not going to lie, but you know, it is what it is. It was cool. I saw snow, uh, oh. which I'm not a fan of, but seeing it, I was like, oh, that's what... That's what that looks like. I remember now. Like, were you close enough to touch the snow, or did you just see oh, yeah, it on I was top of mountains? It. No. Oh. <laughs> so, was it your um, first time? Uh, no. I mean, I I've seen snow in North Carolina, but not oh, okay. like snow, snow. Because in North Carolina, I I'm from the Outer Banks, which it's is um, yeah, it's like it's like muddy snow, Ew. almost. And like every few years, you'll get like actual snow. Mm-hmm. But this the snow that I saw was like it'd been there for a week. Because it wow. was so it was so cold that it just didn't melt. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so that was the thing. What was neat though is, so I got in uh, on a Friday, and then uh, the guy that I was shooting with, a uh, close buddy of mine, he was working uh, at his other job. So I had time to kill after flying Ooh. into Denver, and right outside of the Denver airport, there's this uh, wildlife reserve. Oh. Which was very cool. You just like, I mean, it's free. You just drive in, and then you go, and there's like deer everywhere and then there's like wow. uh, prairie dogs everywhere which was cool prairie dogs. <laughs> I, I want one so bad I if have those two. were like acceptable to have as a pet i would have like a million prairie dogs and i would just put like blanket forts in my house so they could just like yeah. pop out of them <laughs> dude come to florida they're legal i have i have two prairie dogs i've had them for a long time are you kidding me no dead serious yeah i i own two prairie dogs their names what are puppy. yeah their names puppy and dora you Adam have them for, right now. Yeah. Have I not shown you a picture? Um, no. Yeah, I own. Are they in your dogs. house? No, I I built an enclosure for them outside. Okay, wait a second. We need to like back <laughs> up. When did you get these prairie dogs, and how did I not know about them? Um, I'll answer the second one first because you don't pay attention, son. Um, have you talked about these? Yeah, I just posted a picture of them like last week. <laughs> uh, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I, I did. <laughs> uh, your own prairie dogs. You posted a photo of your own prairie dogs. Yeah, two of them. Where did you post it? I'm looking. Uh, on Twitter. I mean, granted, it was a response. But yeah. And on Facebook, I'm all the time. I'll do random like, oh, by the way, I still have prairie dogs. I got them like six what? six years ago. I would you say. do realize I follow you. How did I miss this? Hang on. I'm going back. You busy lady. Savannah. But oh, you do! <laughs> I told you. I'm no not lying. way! <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. They're so cute, guys. 
I own oh my dogs. god, he has real prairie dogs! <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was not expecting this. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I have I'm those. so happy right now. Yeah, they're. You've uh, had them for six years. Yeah, I've had them for a long time. I. How uh, long do they live? Uh, I think nine ish. Where did you get them? Did you buy them from a pet store, or did you yes. get them from someone on the black market? Uh, both. It was a black market pet store. Uh, no. So there's um, uh, do you want the story? Do you want to do this? Let's do it. I want to know everything. All right, here we go, guys. I own two prairie dogs. I have for a long time. Uh, about six years ago, I wanted a hedgehog. And that's a normal I, thing, right? I was like, hedgehogs are just so cool looking. And then you see the videos of them like floating in water and whatnot. And I was like, I I want a hedgehog. So I went to this place uh, called Amazing Pets, which doesn't exist anymore, which is dumb. But there was like an exotic pet store in Naples where I live. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went in to look at them. They, uh, I guess we're getting prairie dogs in soon. So I told the guys, like, hey, I'm, I'm here for a hedgehog. Here's what I want. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, no, you don't want a hedgehog. He's uh, like, you you want a prairie dog. I was like, what? Oh, and he's like, they're the best pets ever. It's like the best Shut parts up. of a cat and the best parts of a dog. And we're getting a bunch of them in in like three weeks. Shut up. And I was like, two. oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take one. He goes, no, you got to you gotta get two because they're social animals. Oh. I was like, oh. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take two. So I waited uh, a few weeks. They came in. They're tiny little guys. Very Aww. very cute. Um, but we kind of ruined them. <gasps> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. So here's what happened. Um, my buddy David, my brother, and another friend of ours went to this pet store. We were all really excited, and we get these prairie dogs. And we're like, oh sweet, we're buying prairie dogs. Let's do this because that's the song we sing. And then we <laughs> we got them, and they put them in, like, this little box, sort of, like, carrier box when they give them to you. And um, I'm sitting in the car. My brother's in the passenger seat. Two friends are in the back. And David's got the box, and he he decides to check on them for whatever oh, reason. Oh, man. And Dora uh, jumps out of the box. <gasps> and we're like, oh, God. And she gets to the front where the passenger seat is. And where oh the God. console is in the front, like where the glove box is, uh-huh. there's no, uh, like, there's a giant hole there when you make cars that lead into the car. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And she got up in there. <gasps> so she's in the car now. And I don't mean, like, in the cab with us. Like, she's in the car. And we're like, yeah. oh, God. So we're, like, yeah. looking and trying to get oh to her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and there's this, like, uh, I'm so scared plastic. right now. Oh, what gets, happens? Oh, it gets way worse. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so there's the, the gear shift. Uh, on the side and there's a little plastic piece and I rip that up and I just see her go by and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like oh my gosh and so we get out of the car and we're just waiting and all of a sudden she just <gasps> falls out and we grab her real quick and put her back in the box whoa uh, yeah from that moment on she never let us touch her oh, we couldn't pet no. her she was skittish for like to this day she's still like Ooh. Um, so that kind of sucks she hates you yes we traumatized oh. her what about the other one the one puppy okay yes that's puppy um so we named dora because uh, after the explorer because she explored mm-hmm. the car mm-hmm. immediately when we got her um so that's dora puppy um it's probably an angel yeah well I, so you'd think um <laughs> so <laughs> the first like three years we kept them inside because we had this big old cage that i used to have for my ferrets so it was big had multiple tiers and whatnot um, we got a boy and a girl so that we could breed them and be like, all right, cool. Prairie dogs plus prairie dogs equals prairie dogs. Uh, <laughs> made sense to us. And so we get home <laughs> and my dad, um, my dad's like old school country man. If you've seen a picture of him, you know, uh, he 
used to raise prairie dogs as well. What? Yeah. Your dad oh. has done everything that you could ever do on the face of the earth. You have no idea. Like, so, seriously. <laughs> yes. Um, is the most interesting man in the world. So he used to raise prairie dogs. Um, and he t- he's, he asked me, he's like, why did you get two? I was like, yeah, they, they told us you had to get two because they're social animals. He goes, no, no, no. You get one because if you have one, you're their buddy. If you have two, oh, they're buddies they with each other. Uh huh. So oh, they never man. fully bond with you. And I was like, "What?" And they said they had to sell them in twos. He goes, "Yeah, they just I don't know. I guess wanted you, to get they rid just of them. Wanted your, they just wanted your money." Yep. And I was like, "Oh man!" So the first like three <laughs> years, we kept them inside, um, oh. and they never bred at all. And we're like, "What is happening here?" They come to find out. They need to be outside so that they can see the sun and then realize it's t- the changing of the seasons. And then oh. breeding equals that. Yeah. Um, well, they never did. We've had them for like six or seven years now. They never bred. And puppy was awesome for a very long time. Like five, be generous, say three years. You'd be able to like stick your hands through the cage and like pet him. And he put his back up against the wall. And you're like, mm-hmm. hey, look at you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, one day he just snapped. We don't know what oh, happened. Man. And he just bit someone. And he bit my dad. He like bit all the way to the bone on his thumb. Ooh. Um, so that was fun. And then I was petting him one time. And then he's like really cool. And all of a sudden just, ah! and freaked out. Um, so we got a, there are a couple duds. Um, mm. <laughs> they're very Maybe cute. I don't want a prairie dog then. Well, if you do get one, that's the key. Get one. So okay. we, we, uh, we kept them inside all the time. Never took them out, um, which was not smart of us. You know, you learn. Um, and just get one. That's the key. Apparently, they're the best pets ever if you have one. If you have I, two, not so much. I just want our listeners to know that <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel like I know you as a person. <laughs> but at the same time, every time we talk, I'm just like, I don't know a thing about Brian because. <laughs> I uh, have layers, Savannah. Like every layers. time we talk, I'm like, wait a second wait a second, what? And I'll be yeah. listening to like your podcast and you'll say something very like subtle about your life. And I'm just like, wait a second, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, we're friends. I thought I would know this. Yeah. And I'm over here jokingly saying, I wish I had a prairie dog. <laughs> and you're just like, yep, got two in the backyard. And I was like, yeah, it's yeah true. that's funny. And then you're 100% serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have layers, Savannah. (laughs) Welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. We are so glad you're here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now you know what to do or what not to do if you end up with a prairie dog. Hopefully you only end up with one and not two, but you know, Mm -hmm. if you have two, don't let it get lost in your car. Yeah, it'll ruin it. (laughs) Um... So you were in Colorado. I, so I was in Colorado. Yes. I forgot how we got on this subject. Uh, yes, I was in Colorado. I was cast in a few short films. Uh, so I flew out there. It was my first time. Beautiful, beautiful state. Told cold. I would never live there. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but gorgeous and mountains everywhere. And uh, it was very, very cool. And the stuff that we shot was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Like we've talked about this before. Um, you... You don't really know what you're capable of until you've been tested. Yeah. You know, because how would you know? It's In theory, it's like, yes, I can totally do that. But until it's game time, you don't really know. Yeah. Um. So this weekend, we shot some pretty heavy stuff and uh, pushed some limits. I went up there to kind of prove to myself as well if I could be an actor or not. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and I uh, I got a little confidence along the way because it went really well, and I'm I'm really proud of it, and I'm excited to see how it turns out. And yeah, follow me on stuff. Just so that one more step happens. until you're in Star Wars. One more step. I'm gonna be in Star Wars, guys. One hundred percent. It's all about the when, and I feel like this is this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Very exciting. It is yeah. very exciting. Um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped because you let me talk about Kathleen Kennedy for two and a half hours on a podcast like last week. And it was what amazing. What are friends for? <laughs> Guys, so Brian has a new Patreon uh, exclusive show mm-hmm. on his Patreon account uh, called The Hype I Show. Do. And he was dumb enough to let me be his first guest. <laughs> and he was also dumb enough to let me choose what we were going to talk about. That's how it um, works. So, I mean... Brian, I could let you summarize this, but I mean, it's pretty to the point. The hype show is just about people getting hyped about what they love. Yeah. And they can pretty much talk about whatever they want. So I talked about (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy for literally two and a half hours. And I think I could have gone longer, but I was so um, emotionally (laughs) exhausted and mentally exhausted from that much excitement that I had to like cut it off. And then we recorded right after that, we recorded an episode of our our Patreon exclusive series about the uh, Darth Vader comic series. And if you're a patron of ours and you heard that episode, you probably realized I was very like blase. Well, guys, (laughs) it was because I was so drained from pouring my heart out about Kathleen Kennedy for two and a half hours. So. It's still good. riding on that high. <laughs> um, if you want to hear it, just go to... Brian, what's your Patreon account? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash Jedi Brian. Yeah, and it's open to all tiers. So all tiers. Just, like, One dollar. For a dollar. Holla for a dollar. Dollar dollar bill, son. And then you can hear that episode. And I'm like really proud of it. I mean, it I, was dude, probably one of the I most exciting things I've ever done in my life. So, And I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say that. That was literally so genuinely exciting for me because (laughs) most people don't understand my love and appreciation of that woman I have one friend who gets it like a hundred percent she gets it and that's like the only person I can go to but I kind of just like went all out um and beautiful it I felt really good about it so good yeah Yeah, that's that it's it's a it's really good it's really really good that's the like you said before that's the whole point the hype show is a show dedicated to hype where I have a guest on and talk about something that gets them excited. Mm-hmm. So whereas the interesting podcast is about the person, the hype show is about what they like. And, you right. know, there's nothing more fun than talking to your friends about things you're excited about. And two and a half hours. <laughs> you you were drained by the end, which was I so was. much fun. Like, I was. I've never felt like it. that in my life after doing a podcast, but I was so excited leading up to it. Like I had been up for, I don't know, maybe six hours like I woke up at three in the morning and couldn't fall back asleep because I was so excited yeah. to record <laughs> and so I was tired from that but then I was just so tired because I had prepared nine pages of show notes of things that I wanted to talk about <laughs> <She did. laughs> and I was just so exhausted from like preparing all of that content and like really trying to express why I love this person and um it seriously guys, it was just a whirlwind it is um, it- but you. in the best way, and I hope, I hope you guys go over there and listen to it because it would mean a lot to me. Do you do you wanna? Should we? Should I play them the theme song? Oh heck yeah! You feeling it? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Go for it. All right, here we go, guys. This is the theme song for the hype show, which will get us significantly hyped for this already. So yeah, are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do this. <laughs> 
It's good stuff. It, the thing that you can't <laughs> see is that I'm over here dancing with my microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys I, you guys will like it. And yeah. you know, for, for $1 a month, 25 cents a week, you guys. get all the hype shows. There's big guests coming on. Uh, it's just fun. It's really, really fun. And they get early access to your interesting podcast. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All that good stuff, son. Go do you it. You know, just trying to... Yeah, go do it. Yeah, you want... You, like... If you like Kathleen Kennedy, you will love it. If you don't like Kathleen Kennedy, you will respect her by the end of it. You know. And if you love me, you'll love it. Yes, that's true. That's true. If you don't love me, don't listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I literally (laughs) talk the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) If if they don't love you, why are they here? True. They're here for you then. No. (laughs) 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 I checked our stats. That's untrue. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's a. So that's 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 that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are you ready to talk about the Clone Wars now? Yeah, after after 20 minutes of deliberation, let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, the Prairie Dogs thing had to be discussed, so let's yeah. do this. Let's do it. So if you tuned into our last episode, we talked about the first 11 episodes of season three of the Clone Wars, yep. and now we're going to talk about the last 11 episodes of the season, a.k.a. the best episodes of like all time. <laughs> I mean, these episodes are really, I feel like, the beginning of the wave of the Clone Wars becoming cinematic. Um, Agreed. All the stories that happen in the final half of season three are like little mini movies, and Mm -hmm. it is completely mind-blowing, and I am so excited to get into it. So we have a few major arcs in the second half of season three. We have like the Sister arc with Ventress. We have the Mortis arc, which is like, woo! crazy and we have the citadel arc and then we end with padawan lost with the wookies so um four major stories and they're broken up into several episodes so let's get started let's do it first arc i like to call it the night sister arc and the first episode is called night sisters the second episode is called monster and then the final one is called witches of the mist so Mm -hmm. night sisters is written by Katie Lucas actually and we talked about her earlier how she mm-hmm. was really fundamental in the story of Ventress and how Asajj Ventress goes down a very different path from what I personally expected and really shaped her into like a really really interesting character yep. um and Katie wrote and contributed to a few episodes like in season one I know she contributed to Jedi Crash but she really didn't get to fully um write and have major decision roles until season three and she was really young when this happened i remember when she said she first started writing on the clone wars i believe she was 17 Mm. um so i know she was a few years older than that when she started writing these specific episodes uh but that's pretty insane um to be like 17 and and you know 
throwing in your ideas with and your dad who was good. like yeah the major legend so yeah, yeah. um that's pretty cool Agreed. um but basically in night sisters it starts with ventress um being betrayed by count dooku yes and so darth sidious sends a message to Count Dooku saying that she needs to be destroyed and she's just going to become too powerful to handle and they need to, like, get her out while they can. Which, to me, like, I remember seeing this episode and I was just like, wait a second, what? What? Right. Because I had grown up watching the Clone Wars micro series and Ventress was in that. She was, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, quote-unquote Sith and she was bad and, you know, now we know she was, like, an assassin and she mm-hmm. was working under Count Dooku, and he was teaching her a lot about the dark side. But I just always saw them as a pair. And now it was like, oh, OMG. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? It, so, it's very significant. I really, in, I really like this because of Dark yeah. Disciple. Mm-hmm. It's like this was the domino yes. that, that, that triggered her entire arc as a character. Yes. Is this right here. And it makes sense as well. Like, the, it's. We have the rule of two, but it's funny when, like, Sith, they break the rule of two, but also kind of not. Right. Like, what they'll do is they'll have, like, Plagueis had, like, four different apprentices, but he didn't actually, like, seriously train any of them. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Like He's the rule like, of two is such BS, here. though. <laughs> it's, well, I mean. It's confusing to me. It is confusing. It, but it also, like, I mean, it was Darth Bane that instituted it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the whole point was, like, Sith are just going to keep killing each other off uh, in a quest for power. Right. And so he's like, what if we just got rid of this? Altogether. Uh, people. Yeah. And it's like, let's just have two. And the objective is the master has to show the apprentice strength. And the apprentice has to show the master learning. And one day the apprentice gets strong enough to kill the master and the cycle continues. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to having like, because the Sith were a people originally. It's like, why would you want to be a master then? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the whole thing is like the the apprentice tries to kill the master. You pretty much get one shot. Yeah. Um, and if you don't do it, then the master kills you and gets another apprentice. Yeah. Um, but I, I like this because, you know, Sidious is playing this game of like, you know, the major puppet master of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then he notices that Ventress is actually getting pretty real. He goes, yeah. okay, let's not do that. Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> Cut her off. We, uh, yeah exactly you need to do this and dooku did it um, yeah so that didn't work out very well for ventress poor ventress i know <laughs> i agree with you though this this was like you know she she's been around for a while but this mm-hmm. moment is essentially the beginning of her story um yes. and her story arc i mean she's kind of very flat line in the beginning of the clone wars her role doesn't change a lot she's you know bad mm-hmm. guy whatever and now it's like, okay, who is she? She has to find herself again and, like, recreate who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the beginning of my forever love of interest. Like, I love her. I think she is. She and Clone Trooper Fives, in my opinion, are the two uh, strongest characters in the Clone Wars because of the length of their story and everything that they Ooh, go through. Uh, a lot of people could argue with that. A lot of people could say that Ahsoka would be a really strong character. But for me personally, I really, really, really liked uh, Ventress and Fives because they were there from like the very beginning and you see so many different steps of their story. Right. Um, and 
Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people could say Ahsoka too, and I agree, but uh, Ventress and Fives are like top two for me. So, yeah. anyways, so she ends up surviving though. Ventress survives, and now she she's like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Um, and she has, she ends up going to see the Night Sisters. Yep, which is and a cool concept. Mother Dark Towson. magic in Star Wars. Like witchcraft yes. magic. Like these are witches, literal witches. Mm-hmm. Cauldrons and whatnot. Yeah. Crazy. Um, what did you think of this when she first showed up on this planet and there are like others of her kind almost? Uh, I was, I was very surprised. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie because... We've never seen witches in Star Wars before. We've never seen dark magic in Star Wars before. Yeah. Um, But I really liked it. Because that was the thing about the Sith is like, they're really into whatever they can do to get like evil stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, So to see her come from these people um, that were Night Sisters, which is already pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Um, But I remember Mother Talzin, the first time I saw her, I was like, this is nuts. And I love <laughs> what they did with her voice. Yeah, the fact that while she's talking, there's also like this demon talking with her, and I was yeah. like, "What is? Th- wow, that's cool." Yeah. So and her and her like, the the parts of her costume. There's like tentacles like, mo- floating. Yeah. Her almost. Yeah. I was like, dude, whoever, whoever designed that, like, well done. That's that a really Aaron. really cool. Was it really? Yeah, he was dude. the one that wanted those things constantly moving. What Joel Aaron? Well done. That is I'm going to be talking about thing. him a lot in this episode because a Good. I'm obsessed with him and b he had a lot to do with the progressiveness of this show. Uh, yes, like this season was crazy visually. Um, mm-hmm. But the sound design was really good in these episodes too, and I remember seeing in like one of the featurettes that David Accord. Uh, was working on the sound design for this episode in particular, and he was just like having a ball. I think because he could just so oh, really? he could go so off the wall with sound like they've never really done before. Mm-hmm. You know, understandably because it's like crazy witchy stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, they like they did a really good job with her voice. Um, I remember when I first saw the Night Sisters. I wanted to be one because they had like bow and arrows and then they had these cool costumes with like hoods and they were like mysterious. And, you know, most of the Night Sisters, you you can see some of their faces, but they're very hidden. They like cover their faces in very interesting. Yeah, they are like ninjas. Um, And they have these like laser bow and arrow type things. And I just love them. So I was on board with this from like the very beginning. Um, and then they started doing crazy witchcraft and I was like, mm, I'm not sure, but I was like, I'm still going <laughs> to hold on to this. <laughs> um, but basically mother Talzin sends Ventress to take care of Dooku with two other night sisters, Nalith mm-hmm. and Karis. And apparently they're like the two best warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, and my personal favorite thing about this is that when they get into Dooku's palace and he's sleeping, we get to see Dooku in some fancy little pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and we do. They we have do. his initials monogrammed on them. <laughs> oh my god. Of course they do. It's like <laughs> Count Dooku's it. nothing if not pretentious. I love it. Yeah, yeah. like he's not gonna have Kmart That's pajamas. A- like he yeah. has custom fitted pajamas with his Exactly. I am a count. You think I would buy my pajamas? I love it. Because (laughs) we talked about before, like, the budget 
issues with the Clone Wars and what they could and couldn't do. And a lot of characters don't have new outfits until like way later on because of budget reasons. And I'm like, oh, they mm-hmm. had the budget to give him some PJs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great um, scene too. Like yes. the, the the idea that they made them like semi-invisible, mm-hmm. gave them lightsabers so that Dooku thinks it's the Jedi attempting to assassinate him so that he'll go to Talzin looking for another apprentice yes. so that they can sabotage him. it's so complex i remember too that like invisible type effect was a really big deal when they first did that Mm -hmm. um and i can't remember how they did it exactly but i remember joel saying it was just like a very simple solution and once he figured it out they ended up using that for so many other things in the clone wars so i think um joel aaron really 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 pushed the boundaries with this season and kind of like unlocked a bunch of techniques that ended up changing the entire way they made the show um and i remember dave filoni saying that was i mean this season was like when he realized that they could really do so much more and it was a serious show and not just like a cartoon uh right not that he ever thought it was just a cartoon but you know what i mean like i think he saw so much more potential once they started unlocking all these little effects that they figured out how to do um right affordably so Anyways, so cool. but yeah, this episode is really cool. Um, I love how Mother Talzin's playing both sides and she's like leading on Dooku and pretending to be his ally when she's really like, nah, bro, we don't get you. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Ag- agreed. Yeah. And so she's saying that, oh, maybe he can use a new Zabrak warrior. And Dooku's like, sure, that sounds good. So we go into the next episode. It's called Monster. Mm-hmm. And Mother Talzin sends Ventress to... Um, the planet Dathomir, which is where mm-hmm. Darth Maul is from. And I don't think we had ever actually seen this planet before. Am I correct? I do not believe so. Yeah. So this was the first time we saw Dathomir. We've heard about it before, um, but we'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And she sends Ventress there to find a Zabrak, which is Maul's species, to... Yep. Basically, like, quote-unquote, train and kind of use uh, to overthrow Dooku. Um, And they discover that there's actually a few of Darth Maul's lineage still alive. And Ventress ends up having these different warriors, these Zabrak warriors, uh, fight each other to find out who is the strongest, and they take him. So they take Savajo Press. They do. And when they find him, he's a very, like, thin, you know, slim. Nice. Very <laughs> nice guy. Yeah, him and his brother. And, mm. oh, man. Yeah, he has this a brother. This episode is so good. So, man, this episode is crazy because this is when it starts getting really dark. Yes, uh, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about before how Clone Wars is technically a kid show but they really push a lot of uh boundaries with death scenes and like the complexity of what's going on and in this like in these few episodes here in this arc it's like whoa okay we getting real dark up in here um mm-hmm. and i remember watching this I'm trying to think of how old i was i think i was probably like 15 or 16 when this came out so i was a teenager um, but I remember being a little disturbed by some of what happened, well, some of the things that happened. And oh, yeah. yeah, and I kept thinking, what are like little kids thinking of this? Am I just a wimp or not? <laughs> um, 
But anyways, they take Savage Opress back to their like night sister lair. Uh, lair, yeah. <laughs> Slash lab. <laughs> yeah. And they do all this crazy witchcraft on him and make him basically like the Captain America version of Savage yeah. Opress. Like, he's <laughs> super buff. You're right. You know? That's basically what it is. That's I mean, exactly they, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, but it, but they also change the way he thinks and the way he acts. So it's, you oh, know, yeah. he's only Captain America on a physical level where he's like super beefy, but he also is like just totally spaced out in the head and will do whatever they tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make sure that he's loyal, Ventress is like, hey, I need you to go kill your brother. And he's just Sheesh. like, I, and he picks up, his brother's name is Farrell. He picks him up by the neck. And I remember uh, in one of the behind the scenes featurettes, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was one of the animators on the show. He mm-hmm. watched the episode when it was done. And he kept thinking, oh yeah, he's not going to kill him. He's not going to kill him. And then Savage <laughs> literally crushes Farrell's throat. And the guy was just like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, we went there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you went there. <laughs> So that that Sheesh. was a pretty graphic scene because they didn't hide any of that. I mean, they showed him falling on the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, no pun- no punches held here. Yikes. That's so nuts. Yeah. Mm-mm. Gross. Sheesh. It's so good, though. I like know. I, it's so smart. You know what I mean? Like, the to see Talzin be the level of manipulator, um, I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And then, like... Dooku has no idea, which makes it even better. I know. He, Dooku, Dooku's a smart dude. Like yeah. that was another thing that I liked about the uh, uh, the episode prior to this was when he's fighting the Night Sisters in his room. Like, dude, doesn't he get like blinded at one yes. point? Like, he can't really see, and yeah. he's taking on three opponents, three with, warriors like, too. Half, I mean, they are bred yeah. to fight. Three hardcore warriors blinded they have lightsabers and he just woke up and he still wins also one of which he trains so she knows how he fights and she knows yes. his weaknesses exactly so i love seeing that like dooku's dooku's my favorite sith yeah i really really cool. really like him um so it's cool to see that even through all of this and his planning and with palpatine and everything uh talzin still got a got a little niche in there so yeah. oh, you need an apprentice cool i got it Go get a big one. I got and make you. Make crazy. You yeah, know? yeah. So it was neat, and I, I like the gauntlet in this as well. Yeah, like how it's like an obstacle course, and Ventress is like killing people left and right. I know. You know, <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's insane. So after they prove, or once he proved that he was loyal to them by killing his brother, they sent him to Dooku, and they gave him this really cool like vibro axe weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent to Deveron to like take out a Jedi temple and. I have like a little sad moment here because uh, there's a clone commander in this moment. His name is Commander Trauma, and he's like the most amazing armor design ever. Mm-hmm. And he mm. gets killed in like three and a half seconds by yeah. Savage. So that's kind God. of a bummer. Um, and like he also Halsey. kills, yeah, he kills Jedi Master Halsey and his Padawan <laughs> and all the clones. Like, in record time so (laughs) just just mows through them yeah he's also like three times the size of them now because he's so beefy he Um, is so that's the end of that episode (laughs) that's why i like that's why i like halsey halsey's one of my favorite minor characters throughout clone wars because like he's so small 
when and his voice does not match him at all. He's yeah. like, "Let's do this." You're I like, know. Oh snap! <laughs> he like gets his wrist snapped to drop the lightsaber, and he still is like, "Well, I'm gonna climb up you and kick you in the face." I know. And he's badass. I like I him know. a lot. I he's... have a uh, my I, so I have multiple Jedi costumes, as you do when you're Jedi, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about me in the third person now because I just woke up. Um, so I have uh Halsey's costume. Oh, really? Yeah, I have his exact Jedi tunic because That's I really cool. like the color scheme. And because he was an alien, it just looked really good. Yeah. Uh, and I have a Celestin mask and an approved Nine Num or Celestin Jedi in the Rebel Legion. Mm-hmm. And that's the costume I chose. That's awesome. So See, his- my most recent and like current Jedi costume was inspired by another Jedi in this season. So we'll talk about that later. Sweet. So maybe, maybe this was just like the season for cool Jedi costumes. That's right. That's right. Just clicked with us. Yeah. Brought to you by the Dorky Diva Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the final episode of this arc, it's called Witches of the Mist. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, um, Master Halsey and his Padawan, their bodies are brought to the Jedi in oh like, God. you know, little coffins. But here's the cool thing. They are brought by Delta Squad. Yes. Like, what? Yes, they are. <laughs> Which I love because... <laughs> We this was the first time we ever saw Republic Commandos in the Clone Wars uh yes. series. So that was pretty neat. And I remember uh guys, I'm gonna talk about the behind the scenes a lot because we all know Let's that's my favorite thing. So mm-hmm. in the behind the scenes, Dave Filoni was talking about how they have a budget for each episode and how they have a specific tight budget for creating new characters for each episode. And he said that because uh, because of the characters created for this arc, so like Savage is new, those two new Jedi, um, the Night Sisters, Mother Talzin, etc. Because they had been created in the first two budgets of the arc, they mm-hmm. had a lot of extra budget in the final episode to create new characters. So they used that budget to make the Delta Squad characters a reality, oh. which I was like, oh, I that's really that. neat. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was only kind of possible because this was a part of an arc and they had already spent all their money on other characters in the first two episodes. So they had like extra money. So anyways, I thought that was really neat. Right. Um, so yeah, so Delta Squad, Delta Squad shows up on Coruscant and, uh, the Jedi are hearing about like this crazy psychopath. Yeah. That's like killing Jedi. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like Anakin and Obi Wan should do it. Yeah. Hashtag no filter. Yeah. It's like noses. Yep. They're like Anakin and Obi Wan. You should uh, go back to this village and find out what's going on here. And they're as like, you do. I. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't no, think I'm, I would want to go to a busy. place where crazy monsters are being bred. I mean, they don't really know that he wasn't a monster there, but you know what I mean. They know there's a dead Jedi master and a bunch of dead clones and a dead Padawan. It's yeah. Like, that's kind of like, hmm, okay, this is this is bad. Yeah. Uh, Anakin <laughs> and Obi-Wan should do it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, during this time while they're going there, Count Dooku has started to train Savage in, like, Sith mm-hmm. form. Um, yep. He's not very good. <laughs> no. He's he just, he's got a lot of rage, and he doesn't know how to harness it at all. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, he doesn't really have any force powers, and Dooku's just, like, fed up. So Dooku <laughs> sends Savage to go to Toydaria and capture the king and bring him back alive. Alive, yes. It's an important well, detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
he brings him back true. not alive. Also true. And it, the worst part is he like drags his body like an animal. Yes. When he kills him, I was like, oh no, that's a that's a king. That's a king. And he's just like, oh, here's my latest kill, he's dragging like, him up the ramp. Yeah, it's like a cat like bringing in a mouse to be like, here, I got this for you, you know? Exactly. I, I loved the scene when Dooku sees him. He's like, what What have you done? It's yeah. Like, oh, snap. He's in trouble. Yeah. And it doesn't um, go well. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously Dooku is like not happy mm-hmm. at all. They, like, I think he even calls him like a like a dumb beast or something like that. Mm-hmm. When he's like, you, you're, what are you doing? He's like, you can't think. It's like I, you had clear instructions to bring him back alive. Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. And Savage is like, I did what I do. And yeah. Like, All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And then Ventra shows up and she like, can't remember if she touches Savage's forehead or something, but she basically like gets him back in the zone with her and in her yep. command. And so they try to fight Dooku together and fail and they mm-hmm. leave. Um, And then we find out. So they escape. So Savage is okay. He's alive. They just leave. Yep, he um, goes back to Mama. <laughs> goes back to Mother Towson, and we learn of something mind blowing at the time. Yes, <laughs> we learn that supposedly Savage has a brother who is still alive, and mm-hmm. we see in this like broken crystal ball the face of what seems to be Darth Maul. Guys, yep. this was in two thousand and ten, <laughs> eight years ago. Yep. And we, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was like, this is a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is a joke. He's not actually alive. This isn't real. Like, I did not believe what they were trying to tell us. Oh, really? You're just in denial? I was in total denial. Um, And I remember I was writing for like a Star Wars, you know, like news site at the time, like a fan, a fan news site, fan news. And I remember everyone on that team was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And I was like, guys, this isn't real. This is a joke. This isn't actually going to happen. <laughs> it's somebody he's that dead. just looks like him. He's dead. It's just someone mm-hmm. that looks like him. They're going to find this guy and he's not going to be Darth Maul. <laughs> Yeah. Me. <laughs> you boob. So we don't actually find out what happens here until the next season, but that's where they left us. I mean, this story ended of just, hey, you have a brother that's alive. BT dubs is Darth Maul. He was actually cut in half. He's okay now. You'll find out next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was crazy. What did so when did you learn? Because you watched the Clone Wars after it had all been aired. I did. When did you I, learn that Darth Maul was coming back? Because surely to goodness you had heard about it before you actually saw the episode, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like, I knew they brought Darth Maul back, and I was like, uh, what? He's got cut in half. Yeah. And then there's that tiny part of my brain that's like, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I knew about it, so it wasn't a surprise to me. Because uh, obviously the entire world was like, what? Yeah. Um, And I came to it years later. Um. But so I so I definitely had a different uh, experience because I I think if I were with everyone else watching it when it happened I would have had a maybe not pleasant experience with it yeah <laughs> given my history with this character <laughs> um, but knowing that it was coming and uh, when the episode happened I was like oh okay okay I'm I'm here I'm here for it I know he comes back I know it's crazy um, but I didn't know any of the details yeah you know I just I just knew he was back because. 
Uh, my first um, like experience outside of the movie, because I saw the movie when it came out mm-hmm. uh, in theaters, but I didn't really watch the show at all. Uh, so my first experience with the Clone Wars was the season five premiere at Celebration Six. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's when it because they had the cast there and everyone was freaking. I was like, oh, what's going on over here? And somebody was dressed as Pong Krell, and I was like, what is that? And then, uh, so so I saw people excited about that. And season five, you know, obviously Darth Maul's involved and Sidious is involved and all this stuff. So I'm seeing this stuff all around me. I just have no context. Right. Um, so I was. I, I was ready, I will say, because I knew what was coming essentially without any details. So I was like, "Okay, impress me." Mm-hmm. You know how I see where you're going. How is this going to unfold? As opposed right. to like, "What is happening?" Yeah. You know, I, which I'm glad because if <laughs> if they dropped this bombshell on me and then I had to wait like a year and a half to get anything else, that'd be rough. Imagine being Dave Filoni and getting that bomb dropped on you and having to be <laughs> yeah. the one to make it happen. <laughs> That's one of my favorite behind-the-scenes stories. Like yeah. George Lucas telling Dave Filoni, hey, Maul's alive. What? Yeah, I figured it out. And yeah. he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. But that that's such a testament. Think about, like, you know, the years and years ago, like, there were cease and desist letters sent out all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody had, like, a Star Wars party at their bar, you wouldn't make it to the event because you'd get a cease and desist from Lucasfilm being like, you can't do that, it's his. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for somebody like that to... Literally tell you, hey, here's what I want. Make Star Wars. Um, yeah. Is nuts. Yeah. So, like, the just the sheer faith instilled in Dave Filoni from the maker himself for this decision. It's it, Like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Well, it blows my mind now. And hopefully you guys have seen Solo. If you haven't, spoiler Yes. Alert. My God. I don't know how you would have avoided this spoiler. But, you know, it blows my mind now. Eight years after these Clone Wars episodes aired learning that Darth Maul is back uh we see him in a live action movie again like what I mean I I would love to go into that meeting where George is telling Dave hey um Maul is back figure it out I would love to just tap on Dave's shoulder and be like oh by the way eight years from now there's going to be a live action movie with him in it so don't screw this up (laughs) yeah exactly yeah no pressure yeah no uh... pressure don't worry, it'll be fine. I would love to know more about Maul in Solo and learn oh, how. Same. it's. I feel like it's not even an if, it's a how Dave Filoni was involved in that execution. There's right. no way they left him out of that. Like, I just don't think that's Agreed. an option. So I would love to know the conversation of, like, sitting down, deciding that's going to happen in Solo, bringing in Filoni and being like, hey. Um, remember that guy you brought back who was dead? Well, he's actually going to be in this movie. So what do you think? How can you contribute? I'd be like, what? Exactly. I really and just to the, know more about that. Me too. And just the cherry on top of like having Ray Park back, but Sam Witwer doing the voice was yeah. like the perfect thing they could have done. Yeah. It me- it meshed it all together. Like right. who would have who thought that that's what we were going to get? Although granted, uh, it wasn't Ray Park speaking the lines in episode one either no it never so, was. i mean it so never kind of makes sense his voice it, that we heard so yeah we'll talk about that more uh in the next episode because we'll talking we'll be talking about maul in season four but mm-hmm. i mean I, I can't wait to talk about sam witwer voicing oh, maul yeah, my god because he's just great sam is 
one of the greatest voice actors ever. Yeah. We'll talk about him right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> because now Same we have way. the Mortis trilogy. So we'll talk about Maul more in the next episode because that's when he actually speaks and, you know, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So. <laughs> Let's get weird. Now we have this arc called the Mortis arc. And it is mm-hmm. it is uh, led by the episode called Overlords. And then we mm-hmm. have the episode called Altar of Mortis. And then we have Ghosts of Mortis. Um, mm-hmm. I remember watching these eight years ago and totally not understanding <laughs> them at all and never wanting to watch them again. And here we are eight years later and I totally still don't understand them at all. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's good though. I Specifically this arc, I think about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like obviously some of it is on the nose. It's mm-hmm. like this this is what is happening. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's it's purposefully ambiguous. Yes, it like, is. Like it could mean a bunch of things and like even uh if somebody watched it and be like, No, this means that, this means that it could also mean something totally different because this is where Star Wars gets weird and it's awesome. Right. And even in the featurette for this arc, Dave Filoni says, you will not see a lengthy featurette about these episodes on this box set because we don't want to explain this to you. (laughs) He's like, yes, we're not not here to give you answers. You will understand this in time to come and you are here to make of it what you want, which I think is super interesting. Um, uh, Sky Talkers actually just did a full episode on this entire arc, like very recently, so just a few weeks ago. And they had um, a girl named Courtney on it. And she has a podcast called Who Talks First. Yes. Um, and I was just listening to that episode again this morning. I've listened to it probably four times now. Like I listened to Sky Talkers so episodes good. multiple times just so I can catch everything. Um, and they have a lot of really interesting thoughts on how this arc could potentially relate to the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And you guys know I'm just, like, not super into the sequel trilogy, nor do I dissect it a lot. So if yep. you are a really big fan of the sequel trilogy, you should go listen to the Sky Talkers episode about Mortis because it's just, if you're into that, you're going to really love the parallels that they make. Agreed. Um, I have a hard time making some of those parallels, so that's not really where I'm going um, when I talk about this arc. But I did want to mention one thing. So let me let me talk about where this episode starts and then I'm going to mention something that Courtney said on the Sky Talkers episode that I thought was really interesting. So yes, in, the beginning, in the beginning of Overlords, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka are out in space. They're sent to rendezvous with a star cruiser that has Captain Rex on it and they get to the specific coordinates but nobody's there and Captain Rex doesn't know where they are but they say they're at the same exact coordinates and you know. Stuff's weird. Stuff is weird. And the ship starts, like, not working. And then all of a sudden, they see this um, really strange-looking object in space in front of their ship. And to me, it's almost, like, similar but not the same as a Sith holocron. It's, like, it's just a really weird... It's like a pyramid-looking Yeah, thing. it's like a double-sided pyramid with this, like, crack in the middle with a bunch of white light shining out from the middle of it. And... Um, Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan have no idea what it is, but their ship is being drawn into it and they can't control it and they just go with it. And they're very calm about this, by the way. Um, (laughs) I would just like to say that Obi-Wan is a little disturbingly calm throughout this entire episode. It's kind of freaky. He's a Jedi Master. 
what you expect, you know? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I think I would be just like a little more curious than he is. Um, so they I just, can see that. Yeah, it's like this giant <laughs> crystal looking thing they just go into and they black out. And they wake up and somehow their shuttle has been very safely landed. Everything's okay. They discover that whatever planet or thing that they're on um, is safe to go out on. Like Ahsoka says that they can breathe the air. Um, And they also test the ship to see if it's working. And it like kind of turns on, but it won't fully turn on. So they can't leave. Um, So they decide to go and explore. Bad idea. Um, (laughs) and they're like out exploring and they just realize that this is a really strange place they've never seen it they've never been to it um and they are encountered by this person being called called daughter and Mm -hmm. ahsoka hears something he goes oh did you hear that and he hears someone saying are you the one are you the one and obi-wan and ahsoka don't hear it until they see this person slash being and she introduces Mm -hmm. herself as daughter and she asks are you the one he has no idea what that means um and they end up following her up this cliff and while they're going up the cliff they just discover that like this place is so strange there's no animals there's no other people around there's no villages like it's just desolate and they have no clue what's going on um true (laughs) like us (laughs) yeah we have no clue what's going on either And uh, I also want to mention, like, this arc was created by George Lucas, and he wanted to explore more of the Force and the mythology that he created. So it's really trippy. So into it. Yeah. And so here's where I was going earlier when I was talking about Courtney on the episode of Sky Talkers. Um, Uh In the beginning of this episode, uh, Anakin goes to touch Daughter think maybe just like pat her on the shoulder or something he just like touches her and she has a freaking crazy (laughs) reaction she throws a little fit yeah she goes insane and later on in the episode we meet someone named sun who is her dark side counterpart basically and her brother almost Mm -hmm. and sun has a very deep voice so whenever anakin touches daughter here uh the son's voice comes out in a ragey way and Uh She also tells him to stay put. Like, Anakin gets separated from Obi-Wan and Ahsoka because the cliff, like, falls. And so, anyways, they're split up. But she tells him to stay put, and she keeps going. But Anakin calls Obi-Wan and is like, yo, I'm going to follow her and find out what's going on here. You guys go back to the ship and see if you can get it to work. Um, And Courtney, in the episode of Skytalker, said that she has this, like, crazy conspiracy theory that the daughter in this in the beginning of this episode is actually son because of the voice deal. And because when the son shows up soon after, he knows that she told them to stay put. It's true. Like when she said that it blew my mind. (laughs) Had you you listened to that episode before? Oh yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And I had the same reaction. I was like, (gasps) yeah, because I'd never heard of that before. And I, I never would have picked up on that, but I feel like she's so right. I mean, it's very possible. It makes so much sense because son in these episodes can take on the form of any creature or being he wants. So he could very easily pretend to be her and no one would suspect a thing. True. Um, And deception's kind of his thing as well. So it would fit in line with everything. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good theory. Yeah. 
it was a it was a really great theory and I fully believe it. Like I truly do believe it. I like it. Yeah. I like it, it a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. So um I'm on the other end with Mortis theories. I was like, I don't believe anything. I know, I know, because <laughs> it could go, so, it could go yeah. so many different ways. Um, but that exactly. one, I was like, man, that's really solid. I totally buy into that. I agree. Um, so, so anyways, I mentioned that Obi Wan and Ahsoka get split up from Anakin. They go back to the shuttle and they discover that the shuttle is gone. It has completely disappeared from thin air. It's missing. Yep. Um, and there's a storm that is coming and so the sun shows up to obi-wan and ahsoka and the sun is voiced by sam witwer which is why we mentioned him earlier so, so good. he's a great voice actor um and the sun tells them that it's basically not safe and the storms are crazy so they need to seek shelter and then he turns into this crazy evil griffin thing and flies away it's like a bat monster bat monster of your nightmares i hate this thing um so obi-wan and ahsoka find this cave and hide in it and at the same time anakin is on a part of the planet that's also getting a storm and so he hides in this um like whole thing but it it leads to um i think that's when does he end up in the monastery then or is he just in a cave i can't remember the sun no anakin anakin i think the monastery at this point I think he goes to the monastery because he sees it from, like, far away. So, um, anyways, in this crazy nighttime storm that they're all hiding from, (laughs) um, something happens that Brian probably peed his pants in. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. You ready? Talk to me. I'm ready. (laughs) Like, what, what, explain what happens and then explain what happened to you in this moment. Well, okay. So, they're, uh, they're taking shelter. You know, you got, uh. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka sleeping by the fire, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you hear the voice of an angel from beyond. And I, okay, so this was one of those things like, you know, for those that have dogs, right? When you say, so, like when you are pulling into the driveway and they just, <gasps> like their ears perk up. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, you just hear, you know, Obi-Wan. I was like, oh, Oh, I like paused it and I had to get up. I was like, that's, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Like probably the same reaction that, uh, people who are Darth Maul fans had when they see Maul in the, in the crystal ball. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's still alive. You're like, ah, Mm -hmm. well, I had this because we get to see Qui-Gon Jinn and Mm -hmm. it's Liam Neeson. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like when you, that's something that I love about, uh, the animation department is when they can get, and this is no disrespect to people that aren't the on-screen actors for them because they're amazing as well. But when you get the on-screen actors to do the voices in the animation, it adds an extra layer of authenticity. Um, That's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the fact that it's been, you said this was 2010 when this came out, right? Yeah. So you're looking at 11 years since like, well, well, actually, not quite. It'd be eight years because uh, you hear Qui-Gon in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got eight years it's been since you've heard Liam Neeson voice Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's such a cool moment, too. Because, like, stuff's weird. It's in the Force. You see him fully realized as a Force ghost kind of thing. Um, and he gives a little, like, oh, no, this place is nuts. Yeah, I'm here because you're here. And, like, 
things are weird, man. We're mm-hmm. in a nexus. And I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah. I was very, very, very excited. Um, and it's just, it's a cool moment, too, because, like, stuff's gone sideways. And Obi-Wan at first is like, this is a trick. What's happening? <laughs> um, it's just cool. It's yeah. really, really cool. And then Ahsoka gets her vision of her from the future and is like, things ain't looking good. Mm-mm. Yeah, so it, it's just really weird because um, it like flips back to Anakin as well, and he has a vision of his mother, Mom, Shmi. Yeah, but that's dark. <laughs> it's super dark. But then we discover that that was actually the son pretending mm-hmm. to be Shmi. Uh, whereas that doesn't happen with Qui Gon and Ahsoka's vision. So Ahsoka has a vision of herself in the future. And her future self is saying, you need to leave this place. You need to leave your master. He's going to be the downfall of you. Like, yo, crazy stuff. Not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember, too, at this time, I had a friend who was so obsessed with Ahsoka and, like, the complete opposite of me that uh-huh. she was constantly coming up with theories on how Ahsoka's story was going to end because we really didn't believe she would live past the Clone Wars. Right. Um, and so now looking back at this, it was like, oh, man, if only... Little Savannah and little Hannah knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How it all it's, ties it's in. So um, and she looks cool too. She looks super like, cool. She looks and, beautiful. Yeah, she looks really, really neat. I like to when I go back here. I always like compare that Ahsoka to Rebels Ahsoka. Me too. I'm like, oh, okay. The design here is cool. Her I, skirt is kind of similar too. If you notice, the top of yeah. her outfit is very similar to what she is actually wearing in that season as younger Ahsoka. But the skirt is different, and it's it's kind of similar to what she ends up with in, in Rebels. So, Which is really cool. Yeah. And I, t- I, I like, uh, I mean, obviously anything with Qui-Gon, I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoy that he, the you know, one of the first things he's telling Obi-Wan is like, did you do it? Like, yeah. you know, you know, he died. His last words, you know, train the boy. Prom- promise me you'll train him. And he comes back. And the first thing he says to Obi-Wan is like, did you do it? Like, I know I'm dead, but I'm still standing by what I said. Yeah. Like, please, for the love of the force, tell me you trained the boy. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, I'm trying my best here. Goes, oh, thank God. Yeah. All right. He needs to leave. This is super dangerous to be here. Yeah. It's so good. Oof. It's so good. I wish I had more to say about these different like visions that they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I like leaving it a little ambiguous. Oh, I love keeping it ambiguous, but I also want to know what happens. <laughs> like why? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like almost annoying, but I get it. And I also don't want to know, but it's just, <sighs> it's interesting to me too. I, I want to know how early on in the Clone Wars did Dave Filoni have, uh, a a story ending for Ahsoka that she was going to leave the Jedi Order. Um, sure. I just want to know everything. That's um, true. At but what it, point did you set the end point and then start laying track to it? Right, because it all leads yeah. up so flawlessly. And even into Rebels, like she says that, you know, he will be the downfall of her. Okay, well, obviously at that time, Rebels hadn't even been a concept yet. So we had no idea that she would encounter anakin as darth vader in that show um yep. but yeah it's that's star wars man they can just like throw stuff out there and then bring it back around well and like like i said too these episodes aired these episodes aired eight years ago and people are making really serious ties from mortis to like the last jedi and i'm like dang this is serious and um i know I feel like these episodes will continue to 
tie into Star Wars a lot. And I feel like uh, the people at Lucasfilm are very aware of what happens in Mortis and want to expand on it as much as they can without giving away all of its secrets. Like, I don't think Mortis, like, I I don't even think 10 to 20 years from now, I don't ever think Mortis will be 100% clear. Um, But I think it will kind of, the themes will continue in different ways through all different pieces of Star Wars. Um, And I just, I think that's really neat. It's also interesting, too, because... um, George Lucas like recently shared his uh, his concepts for what would have been his sequel trilogy and yes. it was just very heavy on force themes and just expanding on what the force is and midichlorians and all yes. of that crazy stuff um and it's neat to see that this is kind of where he really started exploring that more agreed I wish we could have gotten even more from his perspective you know I know but god it's Hopefully okay though one day. It's okay, Hopefully. though. It's cool that yeah. uh, that they are still referencing this as much as they can. So Agreed. Uh, Anakin ends up confronting this guy who is the father and asks him if he's a Sith Lord. And the guy says, no, these are my children. They're, they're force wielders. And, uh, you know, he, it, it turns out that basically the father is the one that has to keep these two things in balance. I keep wanting to call them people. They are not yeah. people. They are <laughs> they things. are beings. Yes. <laughs> um and so he's Ethereal the one beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the one that has to keep them. Make in them balance. behave. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um in the morning, as the storm is gone, Anakin faces like a trial and the son and the daughter turn into these griffins. They end up capturing Anakin or not Anakin, um, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Anakin has to choose which one he's going to save. Mm-hmm. Bro, <laughs> this scene is crazy. It is bonkers. So yeah. they end up being on this like platform outside that looks like a literal yin and yang symbol. It does. And on one side of the yin and yang is the sun with, um, I believe he had Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, yeah. And the daughter, no. Nope. I think I'm wrong. The sun had Ahsoka. Yeah, the sun had Ahsoka. And the daughter had Obi-Wan. And they're on opposite sides. And Anakin's like using the force to lift them up on both sides and like everything changes and it like turns into nighttime and there's this like crazy music in the background and it's just so intense. Um, It is. Yeah. And basically like he ends up saving both of them at the same time and he releases them and the father says that he has passed the test and Mm -hmm. Um, he has to take his place as the one who balances these beings. Yep. And Anakin's just like, I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I got a lot to do. Yeah. Um, I'm good. Yeah. You you seem to have a handle on things. Right. So they try to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, And that's the end of the first episode. So all of that crazy stuff happened in one episode. Yeah, in one episode. (laughs) What, what What do you think of that episode? I don't even know what to think. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm not smart enough to break down these episodes because it's yeah. just <laughs> so confusing to me. Same. Um, I remember watching them for the first time though, and just totally hating them. And I was like, God, I can't wait for this to be over. Cause I don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> I don't have a clue and I don't like it. And I can't think critically enough to even un- understand what could be happening. I can't even 
make crazy theories about what's going on here. Um, and really at that time in like my Star Wars fandom, I never really considered how the balance of the force works. Cause like I've mentioned before, um, I don't dislike the Jedi or the Sith, but my favorite mm-hmm. thing in Star Wars is like the smugglers and bounty hunters and the, you know, those types right. of people, not really force wielders. So people like mm-hmm. yourself who are really into the Jedi and the Jedi code and how all of that works, probably thought about this a lot more than I did when mm-hmm. I watched these for the first time. Fair. Um, so I think I was probably ready to move on to the next arc <laughs> when I first saw <laughs> Overlords. Cause I was probably just like, I, we getting real crazy. Let's move on. Um, yeah, but th- now I appreciate it in a very different way because I can see how Star Wars is all about the balance of the force now um, in many yep. different ways. And like and I said earlier, these means. episodes just, just like, get referenced so many times now um yeah especially like we we saw these guys in rebels we'll talk about that a little later i know it's just it's so intense it makes my head hurt (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's nuts it's nuts yeah (laughs) um it's a it's a it's a weird one yeah it's weird i i will say that the the daughter's uh griffin thing is like one of my favorite designs in all of star wars yeah I really, really. You know what's interesting about this arc is that I just feel like it's, it's like not even Star Wars because some of these things look very anime to me, and the daughter has a very glowing presence around her, and when they're both like in their Griffin form, I just take a step back and I'm just like, what are we watching here? Is this Pokemon or (laughs) what? Because I don't understand what this is. Um, If only you knew there's a space moose, like. God. Eight eight years later, <laughs> do. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So Santa can pass the test. <laughs> yeah. So the next episode is the altar of Mortis, and this is the second one of the arc. Um, yep. And they're about to leave the planet slash thing. Mm-hmm. Not really a planet. Um, yeah, the plane of existence. Yeah, and. Anakin ends up like having this crazy dream of himself and he wakes up to find out that it's actually the sun who asks him to like join the dark side and help balance the galaxy. And Anakin's like, no, I'm not going to do that willingly. Um, bye. And Ahsoka ends up walking into the room and the sun snatches her and, jumps out of the ship and turns into his crazy bat thing mm-hmm. and flies off holding her in his talons. Yep. That's just you know what, in you know the first can, like three minutes. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of now that I'm thinking about it? What? Did you ever see uh, Swan Princess? No. What? You never see Swan Princess? I don't well, even know what that is. It's like an old like Disney type movie. Mm-hmm. You never saw Swan Princess mm-hmm. with Odette? None of- mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-mm. Hmm. Well, well, <laughs> for those that have <laughs> the the main bad guy in that turns into this like weird gargoyle looking thing, and it kind of reminds me of that. Oh, yep, that's gonna die in the water, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that because I have no idea what that looks like. I'm sorry. You've never seen Swan Princess? No. Mm. Which Savannah. is surprising if it's a Disney film. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. If I not, it was like around that time. Oh. It's probably not like a Disney Disney movie, but it's really good. 
What does that mean? Yep. It's not a Disney Disney movie. Like the castle isn't in the front. Like Black Cauldron, is that a Disney movie? Yes. Is Quest for Camelot a Disney movie? I'm not sure. Okay, so it's like Quest for Camelot. <laughs> okay. It's like an animated movie from the 90s that's really good, but isn't Probably Disney. from a different studio. Yes. I'll look into it later. Yes, Lord uh, Rothbart is the character's name. And he turns into this like really scary uh, monster type thing. And it kind of reminds me of that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. Here Actually, we it's, are. It's, it's very similar. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So anyone, <laughs> anyone who's seen Swan Princess and knows Lord Rothbart and sees this like weird bat creature thing, tell me I'm right that it does kind of look like him. And at him. At me. Um, also, Savannah watched Swan Princess. Okay. It's pretty good. Will pretty do. Good. I think there's three of them. I like them a lot. All right. Yep. So here we are. That's great. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I said, Ahsoka gets captured by the sun, blah, blah, blah. And now Anakin is like losing control of the ship. He's trying to go after and save her. But the ship crashes again on this planet slash thing. Mm-hmm. And they see a tower with like a glowing sphere on top of it and Mm -hmm. that's where they think ahsoka is um and so anakin is like i'm gonna go there obi-wan's like heck no this is a trap blah 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 and anakin's like i'm still gonna go like i have to go makes sense um that's my padawan so (laughs) while while she's there ahsoka is like shackled up by the sun and keep saying that Anakin's going to save her. And now she gets bitten by the sun and she's infected with darkness. And so she's like creepy, Sithy weird. Ahsoka. Like yeah. weird AF. Like <laughs> I crazy. love that little creature guy. It's so oh, scary. Oh, God, I hate him. I It's hate so him. scary. Hate Dude, him. and the fact that that's Sam Witwer too. Yeah. Like... It's so good. Like he's terrifying. I hate him so much. He kind he kind of like he kind of reminds me of um there's this movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark by Guillermo del Toro and there's these little like creatures that eat teeth and they're really scary. Ew. It, yeah, it's it's dark. But it, but he looks like that. And uh, his voice is so creepy and scary I hate and that creature. And oh, it's so good. Mm. It's so good. And then he just like, "Oh, it's not going to work." <coughs> oh, snappy bitter. And then Oh, it's such a good scene because it's so scary. Mm. I like it. Sam Witwer. Killing it. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and during this time, like, the son goes back to father and daughter. And mm-hmm. I think this is when the son ends up fighting with yeah. father. And they have, like, crazy force lightning going on. And Obi-Wan shows up. Yep. And daughter, like, goes in to help the father. Father's, like, really sick, not doing so hot. Mm-hmm. And the daughter ends up leading them to a – leading Obi-Wan to this, like, cave thing with this forcey blue fire altar. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm – I feel like I'm describing some crazy fan fiction. Forcey blue fire. <laughs> but I'm like, no, yeah. this is actually in Star Wars. And I'm, I'm not is. trying to say fan fiction. Fan fiction is bad. I'm just saying, like, this is so different from the norm. It's so off the walls. It's so different. Um, yep. And Obi-Wan grabs this blade that's coming out of this, like, blue fire thingy. 
Yep. Um, and he's supposed to use it to fight the sun. Yep. What the actual heck? <laughs> um, <laughs> and Anakin ends up reaching the top of the tower at this point and finds Ahsoka. And he's like, hey, girl, let's go. And she's like, psycho Ahsoka. Um, yeah. She turned into McKenna. Yeah. And guys, uh, if you don't know McKenna, she's like one of our good friends that cosplays this crazy Ahsoka and she totally nails it. And it's flawless. Terrifying. Terrifying. It's so good. So Ahsoka's got like all these like crazy pronounced veins on her body and sick looking eyes. Yeah. And like very sick eye bags and like yellow eyes. And she's like, yeah. And so um, she ends up going to fight Anakin. And then Obi-Wan shows up and Obi-Wan has this dagger of Mortis. Yep. And they're like, yo, we should use it to free her from this darkness that has consumed her. Yep. Um, and so Ahsoka technically dies, would you say? Yes, definitely. She definitely. dies. Yes. But... <laughs> But they end up using the daughter to like bring her back to life. They do. And this is like so confusing because (laughs) then we have all this crazy stuff that happens in Rebels and there's this like bird that looks like daughter and then Ahsoka, blah, blah, blah. You know, you guys know. Um. You having a hard time? (laughs) I'm just speechless. It's so freaking weird. Um, It is. And then Ahsoka doesn't remember like anything that happened at all. Yep. Which is even more disturbing. (laughs) Yep. And mind you, the the daughter sacrificed herself to protect the father and the son like... Kills her and then it's like, oh god, what have I done? Yeah, like, I'm supposed know, to keep them in balance, stabbed? and I just killed one of them. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the weird thing with this is like, it's so down for interpretation because how can there be balance now that they're dead? Yeah. And then the daughter, it's like that that keeping them in line, like what the father was trying to get Anakin to do. It's like that's not balanced clearly because right now right. there's. Is there never going to be balance or can you still balance it without the two? Right. And like, obviously the, the daughter and the son are not physical beings, mm-hmm. you know, so they can shift and whatnot. And they're more like, it's almost like what we see them as is the physical manifestation of their spirits mm-hmm. uh, because she's able to give her life for Ahsoka's, mm-hmm. you know, not that her body was there to begin with. It's just how it chose to show itself. Right. Um, and it's not that they both are the the end-all be-all when it comes to the sides of the force Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if you killed the sun the dark side's still there Mm -hmm. you know he's just like powerful enough to influence things and on mortis is the manifestation of it which keeps the life cycle of like everything dies at night and is reborn in the morning uh it's very very interesting yeah very interesting leaves a lot of room for interpretation and debate about the force and balance and like I mean, I have my own theory about what balance is, and it's very, it's a very interesting take. Yeah. Do you want to go there? Do you want to talk about it, or do we just want to say that? Oh, we can. Yeah, if you want. I'm curious now. What is your, what is your? I on so the balance of the force. Here, oh, let's do this. Um, so traditionally, the idea of balance being Brian balance, uh, <laughs> you 
you'd think, you know, six one side, six the other. It's a scale. Even on both sides, that is balance. Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, because the dark side is not something that you can uh, test with. Read Dark Disciple. Like, it's not... You cannot... That's why Grey Jedi are garbage, as we say here. It makes no sense. Because you can't have equal light and equal dark. I mean, even Luke is wrong uh, in Episode Eight, And that's something that I really, really liked. Uh, they did in Episode Eight because, you know, Rey is like, I see light, I see dark. And Luke is like, yeah, balance. Powerful light, powerful dark. But then right after he says that, Ray starts getting pulled into the hole. You know, and if she's like, oh, I, I can't stop, I can't stop. And he's like, just resist it. And then he's like, oh, God, she isn't doing it. Like, that's that's the perfect representation of it. There is, here's, here's, here's what I think balance is, okay? I think at the end of episode six, Anakin fulfilled the prophecy and the force was brought into balance. And that was brought about because Anakin Skywalker killed Palpatine and Darth Vader, okay? The thing is, the Jedi are in my opinion, essential to the galaxy because there's always going to be evil in the galaxy. It just, it is what it is. That's what's going to happen. It's just the nature of existence. Uh, there is evil in the galaxy. And I've said on the show time and time and time again that a Jedi's place is between the innocent and the evil. That is their job. That is their, that is their spot. They are there to uh, defend those who cannot they are, uh, you know, keepers of the peace. They, when something's wrong, the Jedi show up and they help those who they can. Um, and I believe that the the dark side is not something that you can just touch. The dark side is a bite on the arm that consumes your entire being. And the Jedi are there to keep it in check. So even if there's 10,000 Jedi and no Sith, it's still in balance. Because the Jedi are keeping the darkness at bay. Um, and that's, that's, that's how I feel. Because dark... The dark side doesn't stop. That's the key. You can't be like, oh, half and half. It's cool. The dark side doesn't stop. It keeps going. It will continue to consume you. It's never going to be satisfied with a part of it. You know what I mean? You can't be like, oh, I've got a little dark side in me. No, you don't, because the dark side will grow. It will take over. Um, and that is why the, the, the dark side's always going to be there. But when you have a Sith who's amplifying it, who's taking the evil and having it overcome the barriers. It's overcoming the, the shoreline, you know, and that's why uh, the Jedi are so important. So I believe that balance, personally, I believe balance is when the Jedi, and not even just as Jedi, just good people, are doing what they can to keep the darkness at bay because it's going to continue coming through. It never stops. You know, so balance is like, not equal light, equal dark, because the dark will always try to continue to take over 50%. It's not going to be happy with that. But the light can keep the darkness at bay, and that maintains the balance. You know what I mean? And that's that. That's that's how I've always seen it. That's why I think the Jedi are important. That's why uh, Plagueis is so good. Because uh, that was the whole thing about like Darth Plagueis was, you know, the Force, the midi-chlorians created Anakin because Palpatine and Sidious were pulling the Force in its entirety into the dark side, so it corrected itself. It's like, oh, God, the entire galaxy is being pulled into this. Um, and that's also why I love Dark Disciple, because Dark Disciple is a very good example of you cannot flirt with the dark side. When you start going down that path, forever will it dominate your destiny. That is a fact. You know, you can't, there is no balance with light and dark, because dark doesn't stop. That's the, that's the, that's the point of it. It's all-consuming. It dominates your, your, your destiny forever. You know, and then when you get help from other people, they can they can bring you back, but it doesn't. It's never it's never satisfied. It's never happy. It's never good enough. 
Um, so there there can't be balance with an overabundance of the dark side, in my opinion. Uh, so this was a very interesting uh, concept. And they're like, oh, you need the son, you need the daughter. But look at, this is actually, it's a good example. Now, now that I'm kind of wor- spitballing my thoughts here. Because <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to a TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because I don't know what I'm saying. But like, this is a good example. Like, look at the son. You know what I mean? You have the son and the daughter. The son doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. He's he's constantly trying to get out. He wants to take over. He's willing to kill the father over it the second he sees the opportunity. There's the son is never going to be happy. The son's never going to be like, oh, "Okay, you've got that side, I've got this side. We're even, we're in balance." No. Like you're there to keep him from going and taking over the galaxy. You know what I mean? It's like a that's that's why Great Jedi are garbage, man. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at our sticker. That's why I'm like... I know. I'm like, yeah, take that cartoon us. <laughs> um, you're 100% right. It's there. There is no... There There can be no balance with the dark side. It is all consuming. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Jedi are so important because without the Jedi, we get the Empire. You know, we get subjugation. We get just countless systems being enslaved, you know, because it doesn't stop. It will continue to go. There is no... Uh, like, I understand the appeal. Like, who doesn't want to be the hero that is a Jedi and also use Force Lightning? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. But that's not how it works. You know, once you start lashing out, once you start giving in to je- jealousy and hatred and anger, it it snowballs. Mm-hmm. It keeps on going. So that's that's my idea. I don't think if you have 20 Jedi and 20 Sith is in balance because the Sith aren't going to be like, oh, cool, there's 20 of you, 20 of us, cool. No, the yeah, Sith are going to start overreaching. The yeah. Sith are going to continue because it's never enough. That's the point of the Sith. Right. You know, it's constant gaining power. It's constant wanting to get stronger. I mean, the rule of two is all about an apprentice training enough to kill his master and then be the one in power. Right. It's just how they're wired. Right. You know, it's not, I don't think the traditional sense of the word balance, um, which is so weird to talk about because it's my last name. <laughs> Every time I say it. Like, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I've become an authority from birth. Uh, it's <laughs> it's like you were born it's, for this. I know. Isn't that weird? Oh, side note. The newest Qui-Gon comic. Did you see that? Yes. My God. Tell everyone what they did for you. Uh, yeah, what they did for me. I, did you know I actually tracked down the author? I was like, hey. Oh, trust me, I saw that on Twitter and I was like, oh, yeah. he really went there. Of course I did. Yeah, speaking of overcome, <laughs> there's not enough. My obsessions. Uh, <laughs> side note there was a new comic that came out it's called Age of Republic and it's about Qui-Gon it's a one-off it's very good it's written by Jody something with an H uh, I'm scatterbrained at the moment anyway um, it's about Qui-Gon and it's really good and about him uh, wondering what it is to be a Jedi and their reputation and how they're seen as warriors instead of peacekeepers and this existential thing he goes to this planet it's really really cool uh, well the issue is called Balance which is whoa! Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, the title is balanced. I didn't know that. I mean, granted, they spelled my last name wrong, but that's fine. It's okay. Uh, yeah, they put one L, which you know, it's fine. I, I wrote the letters. Um, so the issue is called balance, and the planet that it's on, the the first planet, uh, the very first page when you see Qui Gon, it's called the Brian. Pl- it's called Brian. B R I apostrophe N, um, which is what I legally changed my name to this week. <laughs> Um, so, so it was like a weird cosmic gift of the force i um, didn't know the issue was called balance that makes it even it creepier i know 
except not creepy awesome yeah <laughs> i i even went to like i was like is this is this the universe like telling me i'm on the right path <laughs> is this a sign that i'm gonna be in star wars i'll take it <laughs> and i went and i tracked down the author i was like hey um so you named this planet right that's cool and she goes yeah i i don't know how i uh you know, I guess I just figured, you know, my dad's name is Brian. So I'm going to say that. That's where I got it from. I love I how like, you say cool. track down. Like you found her in person and like stalked her. Guys, he just oh, tweeted her. Oh, she's lucky. He just tweeted no, her. <laughs> that's because she doesn't live within a hundred miles of me. Otherwise I would have. Oh, They're like, I need answers. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Brian Balance. B-R-I apostrophe N <laughs> at balance with two L's. Let's talk. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. So I'm pretty into balance and what it means and the Jedi and I like your take yeah. on it because I never yeah. talk I never think about that stuff I think about it every day I know it's <laughs> because of that like uh, you know the with the Jedi getting such a bad rap toward the end of uh the prequels and then Luke being like hubris man I'm like Luke <laughs> shut your mouth you don't know what's going on yeah <laughs> and by the end he understands like that's uh, I mean I've mentioned the the scent of a woman thing on this show before mm-hmm. probably um great movie everyone needs to check it out but there's a part when they talk about um he so uh we could cut this out if we need (laughs) so there's a movie called scent of a woman and it's with al pacino it's the movie he won the oscar for it's really really good and in the end he gives a speech where he talks about um he said throughout my entire life i've always known right from wrong without exception i knew but i never took the right path because it was too damn hard and I think about that all the time, and it's the perfect thing that encapsulates how I see the Jedi Order, um, it, how they're supposed to be, I'll say, like how Qui-Gon was, you know? Because uh, a lot of times people can get so involved in like, you know, oh, they're goody-goody, they're goody-two-shoes, blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand the sentiment, but at the same time, it's really, really hard to do the right thing mm-hmm. a lot of the times. It's harder to do the right things. And Yoda even talks about, with Luke in Episode Five. Uh, you know, he talks about Luke asked him, is the dark side stronger? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, it's not. It's easier. It's faster. It is not stronger. Right. You know, once you choose the dark side, it forever will it dominate your destiny. Like that's a thing. So it's much harder to do the right thing. And even the Jedi in the end weren't doing the right thing. They got too involved. Uh, so to see a Jedi like Kanan, you know, to stand in the mist and do, to, to maintain the balance. When darkness is coming over, when an explosion is coming toward the people that you love and they're going to die unless you do something and you're willing to sacrifice yourself in a giant explosion of fire to protect the ones you love, that's balance. Kanan. That's keeping it. And I love it. I love it too. Yeah, that's my thoughts. <laughs> I wish I could like come back at you and be like, oh, well, here's how I feel about all this. But I'm just like, yeah, I, I buy it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I think about balance. Thanks for listening to my TED talk. I uh, really think you should do a this. TED talk about that. I could. I would just repeat what I just said. Okay, I'll just <laughs> I'll just send you that recording on its own, and you can use it. There you go. There you go. Jedi Brian says this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. So Mortis. <laughs> ghosts. Ghosts of Mortis is the last episode of this arc. Correct. And I'm like already exhausted and we haven't even started talking about this yet. (laughs) This episode is so crazy and we already just went through two crazy episodes, but this one's a lot for me to even remember. So pardon my memory if I uh, can't remember all the details. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they have Ahsoka. She's okay. They go back to the shuttle again to try and fix it and get the heck out of there again. Uh And 
I believe Anakin is just like, I think, I think Anakin goes back to help the father, like seek his advice. Um, because he doesn't think that everything can stay in balance. He doesn't think that the son can stay a prisoner. Um, yep. They know he's going to look for a way out right. any way possible. And so he's got to fix it all before they leave because that could forever change everything in the galaxy. Yep. But the daughter's dead. And so they, the father mm-hmm. buried her and put the dagger of Mortis like on her body, almost like on her chest. Yep. Um, and father is like decided that he's going to try to eliminate the son because he's so dangerous and he doesn't accept Anakin's help at all um, because they think that the son would or he thinks that the son would use Anakin to basically join him and totally overthrow everything Um, so then Brian has another panic attack (laughs) In this moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Anakin is, uh, he sees Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine being Anakin at this point, you know, the guy that is responsible for you becoming a Jedi or saving you from slavery, doing right. all these things. And he's there and Qui-Gon's all ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, you should, uh, you should look inward, you know, and then, uh, go to this place. It's uh, the well of the dark side. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, we got to find out. Because this is a moment of truth as well. Because Qui-Gon has always had faith in Anakin. And he believes with the, beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is the chosen one. But he also knows that Anakin needs to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's like, we got to put it to the test, man. This is what we got to do. So go here and uh, there will be a test. And we'll just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's like, this is bad. <laughs> but it's a cool it's a cool moment. This yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it. This episode kind of tripped me out in like a eh kind of way. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. So, mm-hmm. in the well, um Anakin sees all of these crazy visions of his future when the sun is there. Um yes. and he sees like Vader, he hears the Vader breathing. Yep. And he sees Padme, like he sees all these crazy things that are going to happen to him. And he just like loses it. Um, He does. But Obi-Wan shows up soon after and Ahsoka shows up later on too. And I believe they end up fighting the sun together. They all do. Mm -hmm. And they don't really do so well. Um, Yeah. And during this time, the son takes the dagger from his sister's tomb, and he has it. And eventually, the father takes it and kills himself. Correct. The father and the son they end up uh, they end up getting killed by Anakin because they're like embracing each other. And Anakin comes up behind and That's stabs him both with his lightsaber. Yeah. But I think father was going to kill himself with the dagger or something. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, because he definitely was gonna like shank himself yeah and then the son is like wait a second what's going on and then uh anakin anakin gets yeah um and the father's body like vanishes um and as he dies the planet slash thing just falls to a crumble yep and it's so weird like anakin and ahsoka and obi-wan wake up 
and they're in their ship and they're being contacted by Rex and Mm -hmm. they're totally fine. Yep. (laughs) So it's almost one of those moments where it's like, was it a dream or, I mean, it's not, but what the heck happened? We still don't know to this day. We don't even know what, what that was. Yeah, I agree. It's a, I mean, this one is a little weird. Let's, Let's jump into some behind-the-scenes tidbits because these are things that are facts and that we do yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. Um, Darth Revan and Darth Bane were actually supposed to be in this episode. And yes. they were, like, fully created. They, like, did the layout of this episode, so the very rough animation. And then um, George Lucas saw the clip. And he was the one that wanted them in there, by the way. Um, yep. But he watched it again and made the ultimate decision that they should not be in that episode because it just, like, didn't make sense for them to be it in there. It took away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Mark Hamill was – he actually voiced Darth Bane in this yep. episode. He does He does as well later on. Mm, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, Yeah. <laughs> really have a lot to say about this it is so confusing to me um and like i said earlier sky talkers make a lot of parallels to this and the last jedi so if you're really into that uh you would probably love their discussion i am so overwhelmed by this arc that i don't even know what to say yeah i so i'm not crazy about anakin seeing the future and then going to the dark side okay so why don't you like that it just rubs me the wrong way I uh, like I I like to believe that Anakin is a good person. Um I like to believe that the reason he went to the dark side was because Palpatine manipulated him and like basically gave him an ultimatum. You know what I mean? It was like your wife's going to die if you don't come to my team. Mm-hmm. And Anakin having lost his mom and you know all the stuff going on there and all that plus everything else the accumulation of it all led him going to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Whereas this was like I don't know. The fact that the son was like, hey, here, you're going to be Darth Vader and kill children. And Anakin's like, I need to go kill everyone to make sure this doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like, Anakin, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird... I don't know. I just don't feel good about it. Uh, Like, I'm glad they wiped his memory in the end. Right. Uh, Did they wipe Obi-Wan's? Because I don't remember that. And Obi-Wan saw Anakin being like, sorry, the Jedi are going to be the ones that are a problem. And I'm going to go handle it. By the way, I'm throwing your bike in the lava and taking mine. I feel like none of them really remembered what happened there because probably that would best. forever shape all of their conversations moving forward. And Yeah, like how did Obi-Wan not be like, hey guys, um, so Anakin was a Sith for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Should we look into this? Should we talk well, about well, that? Well, Ahsoka, Ahsoka remembers because she in Rebels, she's like, oh yeah, this is Mora and she saved my life a long time ago. Oh, you're right. So oh, she has man. some recollection of it. But like, oh, see, that makes it even more complex. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it hurts like, my head. Yeah, like, yeah. If you want to deep dive into the Mortis trilogy, uh, you definitely need to check out Sky Talkers because they're amazing yeah. and way more articulate than me. <laughs> it's, yeah. So that's the only thing in this whole arc that I'm like not crazy about was Anakin basically choosing to go to the dark side for what he felt was like, okay, well... I'm going to go handle this. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, unless unless it can be explained that 
the son is doing it all in the same way that he like bit Ahsoka. Right. You know, that wasn't Ahsoka's decision. It, she wasn't like, I'm going to be dark side now. Like that was the son obviously infecting her with the dark side. Right. Uh, so I, I would like it better if he had also infected Anakin, but it seemed more that he showed Anakin the future and Anakin decided to take matters into his own hands, mm-hmm. you know, which I get is a reflection of what's to come, but I just don't like it. I don't know. It just That's doesn't, okay. it doesn't sit well with me. As a whole, how does that art compare to you in, in like the entirety of the Clone Wars? Does it, is it very important to you or is it just kind of like, oh, that's that weird thing that happened? <laughs> um, I love it. I really, really like it. Um, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite. Oh, it's definitely um, not my favorite. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's one of my favorites probably. I really, really like it. But I'm also, I like things that are left ambiguous, but also kind of explained. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like, like I mean, the whole idea of, like, becoming one with the Force. Like, Qui-Gon figured it out. He did some training, but we don't know what that training was. Mm-hmm. We don't know all stuff. Like, you get, you get like, half-truths, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm down with that. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I like when the Force gets weird. I like when Star Wars gets weird and, like, just does crazy things. I like things that aren't necessarily explained, you know? It just adds to it. Yeah. But, um. I mean, I, I love the design of this stuff. Like, I really, really, really enjoy this arc. The only thing that I don't like is that bit uh, with Anakin and whatnot. Yeah. But I love as far as, like, in relation to the whole is... I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I'm like you. It's very, like, so over my head that I kind of don't super know how to feel about it. Yeah. In context with everything else. I think... I don't know. What do you think? I think at the time when it came out, and even at the end of all of the Clone Wars, I I really did not care about it at all. I didn't care about those episodes at all. Um, But Uh I think I'm starting to pay attention to it a little bit more now as, like, with all of the Rebels connections, that was totally weird to me and mind-blowing. It made me go back and watch Mortis, and it still doesn't make any more sense, but it's, like, interesting Uh that they're using that story to continue different themes in star wars and especially like ahsoka story um yeah and then like like i said the people that make parallels to it in the uh sequel trilogy you know i'm not that type of person to make those parallels but obviously ryan johnson watched the mortis episodes like we know that and so he must have used some of the inspo over there for what he created in the last jedi so i just uh i think i appreciate it because it's lived longer uh than I thought it would as far as them uh-huh. referencing it. But as a whole, um, I think it's still not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fair. But I'm okay with it. I, I like that it's in Star Wars, but there's just going to be a lot of other things that I enjoy more. Um, sure. Makes sense. I love it, though, when people get really into breaking down and analyzing these episodes because I don't have that type of brain. Same. Um, but I love listening to other people talk about them. So anytime there's a Mortis conversation, like, I want to be tuned into that. I might not contribute to it, but I want to hear it. Uh, same. I think it's same, fascinating. Same, same. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that yeah. was Mortis. Good, I thought that was going to take, like, way longer <laughs> to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> it would have if we had opinions on it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> too much. Uh, too much to handle. Go listen to Sky Talkers. Um, yes. I'll probably exactly. link their show in the show notes because it is... It's you should just link their show in the every show episode. I know. I know. I should. We, 
we always <laughs> reference them. Well, I always yes. reference them just like in passing, but this one is Same. like go listen to this specific full show. So I'll definitely yeah. link it in our show notes. Um, so you can For real. hear that. And, and if you've already listened to it, go listen to it again <laughs> because yeah, it's exactly. just that good because I've already listened to it now like three or four times. Um, exactly. Okay. And welcome to the Sky Talkers Appreciation Podcast. Yeah, biggest fans. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next <laughs> arc is what I call the Citadel arc. The first episode is called The Citadel. The second episode is called Counterattack. And the third one is Citadel Rescue. Oh, I yep. love this arc. I love this you arc do. so much. I love you it. Do. I love it. It's good. Um, it's a good arc. It introduces a new villain, and his name is O.C. Sobek. And O.C. Sobek is probably one of my all-time favorite villains introduced in the Clone Wars. So his story is pretty short-lived. And also Riff Tamsin, who we'll talk about in the next episode because he shows up in season four. Those two guys are like so high on my list of villains. I don't know why. Um, I think it's just because they are... um, (laughs) They're menacing, but they're also cowardly. So O.C. Sobek is a freaking coward. Um, (laughs) And he is obviously scared. And I love this, like, little twitch he has in his eye constantly. And it just reminds me of myself. Like, when I'm having a really stressful week, my <laughs> eye just, like, won't stop twitching. And I'm like, oh, I'm O.C. Sobek. Um, <laughs> he's just, like, so stressed out by his job that he can't function physically. Um, but in this Fair enough. arc, um, basically, Jedi Even Peel, or Evan uh-huh. Peel. I, I call him Even Peel. A lot of people say Evan. Um, I say Evan Peel. Evan Peel. I- We've learned I pronounce things weird. Well, we pronounce things differently. I don't think either of us are right or wrong. So Evan Peel (laughs) um, and his like group of clones and an officer are captured in the Citadel and um, Obi-Wan and Anakin are going to go after them and rescue them. And Ahsoka's like, cool, guys, I'm coming along. And Anakin's like, no, you're not. This is really (laughs) dangerous and you're not coming. And she's like, okay, fine. So, um, in order to like bypass all of the scanners and to actually get to the Citadel without getting captured, Anakin is like, we have to make ourselves discreet and all of the droid scanners will pick up, um, life forms on ships. And so we can't be on a ship. So we have to like figure out a way to get there without being detected. And he should, he suggests that they should be, uh, carbon frozen which i freaking love like really (laughs) i love this because uh dave filoni and i can't remember if it was uh henry gilroy or someone else someone else writing this episode they like kind of brought this up in a joking way like oh yeah that'd be so cool to put carbon freezing in a clone wars episode and then this is kind of where it fit in and it actually made sense and i like it because Obviously, Anakin turns to Vader. Vader wants Han Solo to be carbon frozen. He also kind of wants Luke to be captured as well. And it's like, well, he knows it works because he's done it himself. And I think that's really that's true. a really cool tie from the Clone Wars to Empire. Um, I just I, agree. I love it. And I love that there's Ugnaughts there facilitating the carbon <laughs> freezing because obviously they are pros at this. True. Um, and that doesn't change for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for real. I love it. And it it does work. It works, yeah. So the carbon freezing works. And so Obi-Wan and Anakin and Fives and Echo and their other clones, I think Cody's there as well. They all are yep. um, carbon frozen and then they show up and they're totally undetected. And <laughs> they are like released from their carbon freezing 
things and uh anakin notices that ahsoka is right next to him and he goes <laughs> i can't remember if it's him or obi-wan but one of them is like and do i have carbon sickness or is that ahsoka and anakin's like it's ahsoka and <laughs> she disobeyed orders so basically ahsoka supposedly asked Plo Koon after they were already in carbon freezing if she could join and supposedly he said yes and yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think it's hilarious and she ends up helping them a lot along the way so she was essential to them actually completing their mission um, that's right but basically they're in the citadel they're like attacking all these droids and like getting to the heart of the citadel Another thing that's great is R2-D2 has his own little squad of B-1 battle droids that he does are his little pawns and they listen to him and it's so cute. I love it. <laughs> yep. I think I yep. love this because uh, a lot of this season was very serious, especially the last two arcs were like, yep. ooh, super serious. And to have a nice little lighthearted touch of R2 leading his own little squad of battle droids just makes my heart really happy yeah it's the other side to kind of even it out mm -hmm. especially because what happens in this arc yeah you need a little levity yeah yep. so um they end up releasing even peel and his captain at the time is tarkin which is like what what yeah yep um not sure how i f how i feel about this uh to be honest. really yeah <laughs> not a fan of tarkin in the clone wars um, but, Fair enough. but it is interesting. And this is where we see Anakin forming a relationship with Tarkin. And that's why they end up working together yep. know, later on. Uh huh. Um, so that's, that's interesting. That's that. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> so the second episode is called counterattack. So they release them. We move on to counterattack and they have to get out of the Citadel, but there's like all these caverns and like, different cliffs and it's basically impossible to get out of but they kind of task ahsoka to lead half the team so they they break up into two different teams and she's leading a team and tarkin's just like not a fan of it and i really don't like that um <laughs> yeah yep. so um um yeah this one this one gets a little heavy yeah yeah echo dies yeah he does. He does. And such like a quick way too, which I is know. nuts. They're just like, oh, Echo's dead. And it's like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need a ship. That's all right. I got this. Yeah. I got this. It's a yeah. uh, man, especially someone, you know, we, we've seen from a rookie uh, for a lot of seasons because uh, we're on season three now. It's a lot of episodes to know Echo. Yeah. And uh, oh, man, explosion's not a good way to go. And they even got like the charred helmet. Uh, oof. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but basically, like, now they have to try and take out O.C. Sobek because yes, they're just, Yes, because that like, was their way out. Yeah, there's no way out. They got to get rid of him in order to escape. And also, he's a bad guy, so why not take him out? Um, yeah, why not? So As you do. They also learned that Plo Koon and Kit Fisto, Saucy Tin, and Adi Gallia are on their way to, like, help out and give them support. Um, and O.C. Sobek is contacted by Count Dooku, and he's just like, you suck, but here's a bunch of Anubas. Use them to hunt down the Jedi. So the Anubas are basically the um, same kind of creature that Embo uses. His his pet, Marak, is an Anuba. So it's kind of like a wolf type. Space wolf. Space wolf, yeah. Yep. Um, so Nasty. Nasty creatures. Yeah. Um, and 
this episode had a, a different ending, I learned. I learned this recently. Um, Tarkin was supposed to kill O.C. Sobek at the end. Like, that was the plan all along. Really? And then at the very end, um, I think it was George who was like, no, we can't have that. I can't remember if it was George or if it was Dave or someone else. Um, huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. And so at the end, Ahsoka ends up killing O.C. Sobek in a way that Anakin would, like stabbing him through the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and even Peel dies. and In a bad way. It, it's it's super sad. But it's interesting because he trusts Ahsoka with, um, you know. The password. The password. <laughs> and she is like, okay, I wasn't really even supposed to be on this mission, but... Now I've been given the most important piece of information, so I really have to like go all out and do this. Yep. Um, yeah. He had a cool funeral. Yeah. In the lava river, that was kind of neat. It it's a bad way to go though, because yeah. he's so small and the Anubas are so big. Yeah. It's like sheesh. Yeah. His teeth are half the size of him, and he got gored. Mm-hmm. Ugh, man. I it's. I mean, good thing Ahsoka went you know i know <laughs> and that was a really big not I, I i hate saying everything in her story is like a big deal uh I because mean, i don't really say that with other characters um sure. unless it's a female but i just i don't know <laughs> it, it kind of yeah. was a big deal because she proved herself to she anakin did. um mm-hmm. as she always does and even when she does mess up she admits to it and is like remorseful but uh she proved her worth and prove that, you know, she needed to be there. So I, agree. I was really sad when OC Sobek died though. Yeah. Yeah. That I happens mean, with all my faves. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't the biggest fan, but that's okay. It I, I like this arc a lot because the Citadel becomes very significant. Mm-hmm. Like it's already significant, but it becomes even more so later on, like in the Imperial times. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically just like a torture factory. Mm-hmm. Um and I never cared about Tarkin uh, up until I read the book Tarkin, mm-hmm. and now I really like Tarkin. Um, Do you like so him in that arc, though? I don't like him. I don't mind him because he's a tactician above everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if he sees anybody as a liability, he would just rather you get out of the way. Yeah. And if he doesn't see a way that he can use you right on the spot, you're wasting his time. Yeah. Like, he he is a military man through and through to a fault. You know what I mean? Like, Ahsoka is not a captain like he is. You know, therefore he doesn't trust her for this. Like, it's all... Oh, you're a Padawan? That's what you've brought here? Like, we're in this place. Like, he's just pretentious and horrible I all the time. Uh, but it fits. It fits his character. Yeah. I mean, dude, he ends up in charge of the Death Star. Like, stuff like this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, even though he's a dick. So, <laughs> yeah. it kind of... it It works. It works, and it was interesting to see that he, uh, you know, was a was a uh, captain in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like it, it reminds me of Yularen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because Yularen is at the table on the Death Star, uh, in Episode Four, and we see him all over the Clone Wars as like a buddy to the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, and the announcer. So it's yeah. interesting when they have things from the original trilogy start in the Clone Wars, and then you see their their story continue right uh it's pretty cool yeah well it's super cool too like i've said before i've never experienced star wars in a purely chronological way 
Um, right. I would love to watch someone experience Star Wars by watching Phantom Menace for the first time and then Attack of the Clones and then all of the Clone Wars and then, you know, Episode 3 and then Rebels and on and on and on. I would just love to see their reactions to everything that the Clone Wars introduces that is later introduced. I agree. And you would I probably agree. overlook a lot of stuff. You'd probably be like, okay, Tarkin, whatever. Who's this guy? You know, not know Yeah. That. Um, You know, not Can know that he's going to show up later on. That'd be so cool. Can you imagine being someone who did that? Like yeah. Tarkin from the Citadel arc, and then you get to episode four, and you're like, who's in charge? Of- is that Tarkin? Yeah. Like from the Citadel, he's in charge of the Death Star? That is nuts. Yeah. That'd be really cool. But I wonder if you wouldn't even remember almost, you know, like if you would kind of overlook him in the Clone Wars and then be like, oh, maybe that was that guy. Like, how much would you pick up on? I mean, earlier in the Clone Wars, we see Greedo. It's like, would you realize that that's the same Rodian or how probably much would not. you actually piece together? Is kind of what I want. You probably know. wouldn't. But when you did. Yeah. It'd be a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last arc of the season is um, like the Padawan Lost arc. The first episode is Padawan Lost. The second one is Wookiee Hunt. And this is the finale. Um, yeah. And in the first episode, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka are on Felucia with the wolf pack, my babies. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Ahsoka ends up getting captured. She does. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Padawan lost. Um, yep. And yep. she gets ambushed. She gets captured by um, a bunch of Trandoshans, which is the same species as Bosk. So Correct. kind of a cool nod um, if you're a fan of him like me. And we see him earlier in the Clone Wars, but um, these Trandoshans look way crazier than what Bosk yeah. looked like earlier in the Clone Wars. Agreed. Yeah. And they're like raptor people. Yeah. They are like raptors (laughs) and they have like crazy tongues and mohawks and feathers and like all these crazy things that make them look different, which is really neat. Um, Agreed. So anyways, the Trandoshans take Ahsoka to this moon, which is Mm -hmm. insane looking. Um, Yeah. And I remember also hearing Joel Aaron talk about the importance of like the density of the visuals in this environment it was something they had never done before um everything in this planet let's say even though it's a moon um is just so detailed like there's tons of vines and trees and thorns and there's like bugs and butterflies and mist and little creepy crawly things all over the ground and it's just like a jungle like a literal jungle um and there's a level of detail that we really haven't seen like this in the Clone Wars before. Um, True. I would love to know how much these two episodes cost for them to make because... Oh, I know. A lot. I would love to know the exact number. <laughs> um, a lot. Because later on we see Wookiees too and that's a lot of hair and, you know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. A lot later. of assets. A lot of assets. A lot of budget. Um, <laughs> but Ahsoka is brought to this planet... Um, to be hunted so these trandoshans capture jedi younglings and padawans in order to hunt them and kill them and hang their bodies as trophies um in their tribe 
my God. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> um, Nuts. And along the way, while she's on this planet trying to survive and hide and get out, uh, she meets three other younglings. And their names are Khalifa, Omer, and Jinx. And yep. remember earlier I mentioned that I made my costume. It was like inspired by one of these Jedi. Yes. So um, I was really inspired by Jinx and Omer because they had Jedi tunics that were essentially sleeveless, which yes. I hadn't really considered before. And when you are a young person <laughs> living in Florida, wanting to cosplay as a Jedi for all 12 to 15 days of Star Wars weekends in like 100 degree weather, sleeveless mm -hmm. outfits are awesome that sounds That's like a, a really point. great idea so i had my mom make me a sleeveless jedi tunic that i could wear to star wars weekend so i would have a little more um you know i would have a, a little breeze on my arms and not be so hot from wearing my jedi tunic um and then later on Smart. i ended up wearing like a caramel colored turtleneck under that um tunic when I wanted to have something that looked like it had long sleeves. So it was really cool. I, I liked these Padawan costumes because they were really different from what we had seen before. They weren't super traditional. Um, and they gave me some options for hot weather. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that was cool. Um, I dig it. But anyways, she meets these younglings and they've kind of like given up hope. And they're just yeah. hiding but not really fighting to get out or escape. They've been there a while. They've been there a while and they're just like kind of counting the days until it's their time to go. Um, and Ahsoka's yep. just like, guys, you gotta, you gotta get out of this. Like we can, we can do this. Um, and while they're like trying to escape and hide and getting through all these different phases of this terrible hunting planet they're, that they're on, um, yep. Khalifa ends up getting shot and she dies yeah. in front of Ahsoka. Like, so it goes like right there with her, Jeez. which is just that's a kid. So awful, like, dark. Yeah, and and they're in just this crazy jungle, and it just seems like the jungle is just like swallowing them up. You know, yeah. It's it's almost like there is no hope left. That's very yeah. Sad. It's a it's a rough one. It's a really rough one because I mean these are these are kids, mm -hmm. you know, who've been there for a long time, mm -hmm. and they're probably exhausted. Um, they're definitely exhausted, you know, and it's it's the most dangerous game. Mm -hmm. You know, they're being hunted. Um, but it's interesting. I really like the, the culture that they added to the Trandoshans, that they're game hunters. Yes, me too. Uh, so, and then they're taking advantage of a war that's going on by capturing younglings. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, a Jedi would kill us. But younglings, mm -hmm. the difficulty's up, but not impossible. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the, the raptor calls that they do. Yeah. When they got to like call their friends over. It's They're, like, it's like Jurassic dinosaurs. Park. Yes, it is. It's exactly like Jurassic Park. So I I I thought that was cool, yeah. but it is really sad. Yeah. When uh Khalifa dies. I know. I really liked her um yeah. her entire look. I think um at that time I had already cut my hair super short, but I for a little while I was actually thinking about growing it out again so I could cosplay as her specifically and have like uh -huh. the bangs and everything. I never did, but um I think that would have been kind of cool. Um, but I think one of the best parts about uh, this episode, even though like Khalifa dies and they kind of lost hope at the end, um, they go back, you know, they show like Anakin trying to 
find Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah, and Plo Koon ends up saying that he should trust her skills, that she will get out and find a way back to him, which is like, I mean, we, we've seen this on, on many different occasions where some Jedi just say, well, it's their time. It's their time to go. But exactly. Plo Koon is very different because... Um, he was the one that found Ahsoka. He has a different type of bond with her. He trusts her. He knows her. Um, yep. and he, I feel like he values every life. Like we talked about how he values uh, the as clones. they're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> like he values the clones, but he also really values everyone. Whereas some people like Ayla Sakura do not. And uh-huh. I like that he feels enough trust and like confidence in Ahsoka that she will find her way out. Agreed. Uh, that's, it's good counsel. Yeah, it is. Because it, it's better than just saying, let go of her. Because for Anakin, yeah. that oh, would not well. fly. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It pans out. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, she it, at that point, Anakin's not there anymore. They can't find her. So it's really all you can do mm-hmm. is just trust that, you know, you trained her well enough that she'll be able to handle whatever pops up. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she does. Yeah. And in the next episode, um, they discover like a downed ship, uh, Ahsoka and Jinx and Omer, and they discover that the only person there is uh, is a Wookiee. And yeah. we discover that it's Chewbacca. It's Chewie. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I love that they brought him into the Clone Wars. Me too. Uh, I also love how these Wookiees look, unlike the Wookiees and Rebels. What the heck happened there, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What even <laughs> happened? Um, we'll talk about that if we ever discuss Rebels, um, but... We should. Chewbacca looks really good. He does. In the Clone Wars. Like, he really, really does. good. And they went through a lot of research and time to make it 100% right, and when they were considering and decided to bring in Chewbacca into the Clone Wars, they asked Peter Mayhew to come to Lucasfilm, and they had this big talk with him and all the animators so that they could all understand exactly what Chewbacca's movement and look is supposed to be in just little tiny... Um, features that most people probably wouldn't pick up on but are very important right. to the overall look of Chewbacca to get it 100% right. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, I agree. So I agree. Chewbacca ends up trying to transmit back to Kashyyyk and get in touch with his people. Um, and lo and behold, he does. And the Wookiees like, basically save the day. It's true. I like that we get to see Chewie on his own, like being a mechanic and doing his thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's neat. Like, because Chewie, you know, he's the sidekick. You know, he's Han's buddy. Like, they're a team kind of thing. But you really see Chewie, like, on his own handling some business. Uh, and it's kind of neat because because of Chewie, he saved everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of neat. I like it. I just, I'm still really hung up on these darn wookies and how they look how did it, yeah. how did it go from <laughs> this to if you've seen rebels you know what i'm talking about yeah i mean the same could be said about lightsabers like that's lightsabers a really subtle rebels. thing yeah, but it's like weird and skinny they're like fighting with two but it's, in rebels. it's very macquarie-esque yes that's true so i'm well, okay with <laughs> and technically the macquarie wookie is zeb yeah exactly <laughs> So I guess they got that. Yeah, you're, that's that's a good point. Well, we'll, that's a good we'll get off that because that could be just a bunch of stupid stuff yeah. that I just... We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, but at the end of this episode, 
they actually show the Wookiees coming in on Sugi's ship and she's yeah. piloting with Serapus. And I love this because it wouldn't make sense for the Wookiees to have like modern spaceships because why would they need that on their planet of tree houses? Agreed. You know, like they're not really the type of people that need to be flying all over the galaxy and saving True. the day. They're just trying to protect their home. So I love that they brought Sugi back and, you know, Agreed. gave her more of a story. Um, yeah. And the ending of this is so sweet because Anakin and Ahsoka are like reunited again. And Anakin's like, I'm so sorry. This is totally my fault. I should have protected you. And Ahsoka's like, I stayed alive and survived because of you and everything that you taught me. And they do this like very precious, respectful bow in, e- in front of yeah. each other. And Yoda just kind of like sees it out of the corner of his eye and smiles. And it's just really precious. It is. It's such a good moment. And it I makes just, uh, the rest I, I of like the Clone it. Wars even so much more painful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. For real. I, I love this episode. And I like, dude, we get Tarful. I know. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, Tarful got some more screen time, which was neat. And all the Easter eggs in the trophy room. Yeah. Is very cool. Lots of lots of Easter eggs. Yeah. Lots of different. The crystal features. skull is in there. Oh, I forgot about Indy. that one. Yep, Indy Four. The crystal skull is in there. The uh, the Mandalore's uh, Mandalore Mandalore's helmet from uh, that's the old Republic is there. The leader of the Mandalorians. Uh-huh. His helmet's in there, which is pretty neat. It's just cool. Yeah, it's great. Um, and that was the end of season three. Yeah, that's season three. Oh man, what a good one. Very, what very good. What a good one. Agreed. This is this is when the show hits its stride. This is when they start doing weird stuff and like going for this it. This is when they're here to like win the game. They're not just playing. They're here to win. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. They took it to a whole different level with the animation and the story. Um, Agreed. Which is just extremely rare in cartoons. Yeah. I totally agree. It's real good. I think this is a season I always tell people when they're like, "Should I watch Clone Wars?" Oh, so I was like, yeah. "Yes, stick Start with, with it till season three. <laughs> three." I was like, "See, I was like, see, the first season's gonna be a little tough. Mm-hmm. Second season gets better. Season three is where you want to be." Yeah, and it's the second half that really just like blows up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so good. It's great. It's so great. Um, yeah. And the next season is also <laughs> really strong. Like, I'm excited to talk about season four because there are a lot of episodes that are. Well, my favorite arc of all time is in season four, so we'll get to that. Oh, okay. You know what it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and we get more Cad Bane, and we get to see mm-hmm. Maul in the flesh. Like it, Season four is great. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of Mandalore, um, new planets, a couple weird episodes that I like to skip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know which ones those are. But yeah, so as that was do. season three. What, what do you think of season three as a whole? I really liked it. I really liked it. It is funny doing these two episodes on this season, uh, like we did. That it, <laughs> the 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 weight is in the second half. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's like the first half is re- the first half is good. The first half is good, um, and the second half is just it takes such a turn. You know, we're like, okay, this is good. This is good. Hunt for Zero. I'm like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> and then it's like Night Sisters yeah. and Mortis and the Citadel. You're like, oh wow, <laughs> what ha- what happened here? You didn't warn me at all. Yeah. Well, the second half has so much weight because it does so many crazy things that we've never seen in Star Wars, like the witches and then everything with Mortis. And 
season True. the first half of the season is very uh not predictable but just uh it 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 takes place in star wars we have padme and we have bounty hunters and we have you know clones and it just makes a lot of sense whereas this one's like what are we watching anime or what's going yeah, on true. um but it it's still true. fits in star wars it fits perfectly agreed it's just agreed unlike what we've seen before so i really like it for that reason i love all the weird stuff in the clone Me wars too. So great. Um, are we ready to wrap up? Do you have anything else to say? I think that's it. I kind of went on a lot of tangents this episode. That's okay. Prairie dogs. <laughs> Prairie dogs. Prairie dogs are adorable. Did you know they bark? No. Yeah, they do this little like. Ping. Okay, can it's you adorable. film them and send that to me? Yeah, of course. Perfect. <laughs> this is a service I now provide. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah, they're awesome. They're really, really cool. This is great. Well, this was a Pro great tip, episode. Only get one. <laughs> yeah. Only get one prairie dog. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what have we learned this episode? <laughs> if you're going to buy a prairie dog, only buy one. Yep. Uh, Qui-Gon's the best. Uh, balance is whatever I say it is because I'm Brian Balance. And season <laughs> three of The Clone Wars is awesome. Amazing. Yep. Um, Welcome to our episode. <laughs> where can people find you online? People can find me online at Jedi Brian everywhere. Um, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, all that good stuff. Check out the interesting podcast. It's a show that if you like this, I'm almost certain you'll like that as well. Lots of Star Wars guests on there. Lots of other guests, amazing people who through a lapse of judgment, let me talk to them for a while. Uh, also the hype show is out now. It's a new, uh, uh, I, I'm not underselling it to say it's a new passion project of mine, which is a double pun as well. Uh, you want to hear Savannah talk about Kathleen Kennedy for two and a half hours? I got you, Go mate. Go there. It's so good. Yes. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Jedi Brian. On iTunes, search The Interesting Podcast or Brian Balance. It'll get you there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that good stuff. I'm on the internet. He's on the internet. I'm on the internet, We're too. Yeah. You can find me everywhere at The Dorky Diva, and my website is thedorkydiva.com. If you want to support our show and what we do, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash thedorkydiva. We have a lot of awesome patrons over there, and we are thanking them by having a new weekly show where we discuss the uh, one of the episodes of the Darth Vader comic series so we recently talked about the fourth issue and we're going to be doing another episode soon to discuss the fifth issue of the Darth Vader comic series so if you're into that kind of thing go over there check it out um, and we would like to thank all of our amazing patrons those people are Alex, Anthony, Ben, Brandon, Brian, Chris, Daz, Daryl, Jen Marie, Jim, Kristen, Michael, Samir, Sheree, Sherry, and Tom. Thank you all so Woo. much for your support. We hope you're enjoying the bonus content we're putting over there for you guys. And we just appreciate each and every one of you. Um, it's true. We will be back next week to discuss season four of The Clone Wars. We might be splitting that one up into two episodes as well because that season, the rest of The Clone Wars is just so packed with stuff. We might be doing two episodes per season. We'll just have Sweet. to see where it goes. Either way, there's going to be a lot more Clone Wars content coming from us, so stay tuned for that. And until then, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.